trying to decide what date it is. I just went April 25th, Boards and Commissions meeting. Would you like to take the roll? Sherry? I will. Mm -hmm. uh, Sharon Ashworth? Here. Katie Barnett? Absent. Sharon Ellenbecker? Present. Travis Harrod? Present. Christopher Cohart? And uh, he let me know he's running late, so I'll mark him as late, and then we'll show him as here when he gets here. John Nalbandian? Here. Stanley Rasmussen? I'm here. And Daniel Smith? Here. Thank you. Uh, first order of business is to approve um, the minutes. Chair, could I just read my statement real quick before we get oh, going? Oh, that's right, the hybrid. <laughs> Please do. Thank you. If you are attending this meeting via Zoom, please ensure you are muted and your video is off when you are not actively participating in the meeting. This allows the active meeting participants to be seen on screen. When you are participating, please unmute and turn your video on. If you have any trouble, you can send a chat. All chats go directly to the meeting host. The city reserves a right to mute people or turn individual videos off to minimize distractions during the meeting. And this meeting is being recorded and broadcast on the city's YouTube channel and cable channel 25. Thank you. Thank you. Apologies, I missed the commission meeting last night, so I'm not quite in the right headspace. Um, so, uh, first agenda item then is to review a bunch of documents I have in front of us. I'd like to give everybody a chance to look this over for a few minutes again, um, especially. Uh, if, if you haven't looked at it in a while uh, or weren't there at the last meeting. Uh, as you can see, we did draft advisory board structure from our meeting on March 29th. And we should approve those minutes. Oh, that's right. I did say that. Didn't I start that way? Uh -huh. Sorry. Up at 5 this morning. Um, are there any amendments to the meeting, to the meeting minutes? I thought the minutes looked good. I have a motion. I'll move to approve them. Second? Kelby Smith, I'll, I'll second. Thank you. All those in favor, say aye. 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 Opposed? Abstain? I abstain. Okay. I abstain. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Motion passes. Now, if I can get in the game here, um, advisory board structure. So we have the results of our sheets of paper from last time. So I'd like to give us a few minutes to sort of go over this again. Um, comments, uh, thoughts from, from 329 on, especially anybody who is not able to attend. Uh, yes. Uh, this is John Nalbandian. I had a very informal conversation with Derek Rogers, um, Parks and Rec director, and I told him we were thinking of, you know, and he knows, he knows that. And um, he thought it was a good idea to uh, combine the two, but have the subcommittee of each. And I was thinking it would be, it would be interesting if the combined group would meet like quarterly and then the subcommittees could meet on the intervening months. But I think a quarterly meeting, I think it would be kind of interesting to be able to share 
Um, but I think the real action is going to be, you know, with the individual, individual groups. But that seems to me a way of combining the two. Uh, just to recap, that was one of the big pieces of discussion last time, is what to do on uh, the suggestion of putting uh, under the, uh, where is it? Unmistakable Lawrence, uh, Parks and Recreation Advisory Board and the Lawrence Cultural Arts Commission. We had a, a long discussion um, about that, and so we sort of ended up with a couple different ideas about them being separate committees as they stand now, possible subcommittees. Uh, now, uh, John of Indiana has suggested this sort of hybrid version. So that was one of the big pieces of discussion we had. And if you can see, looking through this, we also had a couple other um, discussion points, um, as noted here. Uh, for example, under prosperity and economic security, uh, there's a question mark by the Chamber of Commerce. Uh, under Human Relations Commission, uh, there's a question mark by civil rights focus. And then, of course, the, the next big discussion uh, that we didn't really come to a conclusion for, um, but sort of pitched it to the public meeting that will be coming up, is what to do about the Sustainability Advisory Board and sort of defining that. So those were some of our key, key discussions. Uh, so before we take on those particular issues, um, let's go through and just see if anybody has any comments on those that at least ended up with a strong agreement, uh, like Strong Welcoming Neighborhoods Commission. We put the three, the Board of Zoning Appeals, Court, Building Code Board of Appeals, and Historic Resources Commission in that. Stan, Rasm Stan Rasmussen, I think it makes a lot of sense to have these three combined. The city is in the process of revising their uh, zoning and development code and the building codes and also, it's my understanding, also revising the Historic Resources Commission uh, program and with the thought that we're going to need less uh, zoning appeals, uh, it's going to be a, a smoother process to do design and development in Lawrence. So I think the idea is that you shouldn't need a Board of Zoning Appeals as much and a Sign Code Board of Appeals as often and the Building Code Board of Appeals as often. So it makes sense to me to maybe combine these three. They all deal with uh, development of land. So I, I think that's... Uh, a uh, good combination there. Any other additional thoughts from that? Um, Safe and Secure Board. Um, we had, of course, the Community Police Review Board. Uh, we did discuss a possible elevation or change of the types of issues heard. Uh, I don't really know where the status is of the existing Commission. Um, I think we also had under that, it was the body work. I'm not sure if that was the one under that, but that was, um, we agreed at that time to move that. Um, Daniel can kind of explain where that went under. Sure, Daniel Smith, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, looking at the, the um, similar oversight that is done in the community, mm -hmm. obviously I work at the health department. Um, John is on the health board. So both of us are pretty familiar with the role that the health department plays and you know the city has 
a health department. Um, so the idea there was that instead of the city continuing to do that oversight on folks doing massage body work, um, just ask your health department to, to do it. Um, they already provide oversight for pools and um, child care licensing and things like that. Any other type of issues would be criminal issues. I mean, that's what it was before. And so they would naturally go to the police department. If it's not health department, it's police department. I, had a, I have a different um, point to make mm -hmm. on this one. Um, I was playing around with artificial intelligence, and I asked it for the characteristics of an effective community police review board. And I, you know, I got them. And I was talking to Jonathan Allen, uh, I mean Jonathan Morris, who's helping out to, um, to, to, to look at that. And he said, he basically said, we're not a police review board, we're a police advisory board. So I thought, well, that's a big difference. Well, I, <laughs> I did the AI on police advisory board, they're different. They're, they're, they're very different. So um, I think just, you know, the function of that board, are they clear on their function? Uh, jo Jonathan Morris is facilitating a conversation about uh, that with a working group that's, that's been appointed by the city commission. It includes um, members of the Community Police Review Board, uh, and that's their work. It has really only started. I don't have anything else to, in addition to that commissioner board, however, it ends up being yeah. made up under safe and secure. Does anybody have any additional sorts of tasks or issues that that particular board would cover? Well, the the police review board looks kind of lonely under that topic heading. I mean, should it, is there another place we could put it or are there other topics? I mean, it, we're going to have a safe and secure board that takes care of the duties of the community police review board. Is that what we're saying? We're suggesting is that it would, that would be the title of the board, safe and secure board. And just one of the functions of that would be to do the police review responsibilities. Yeah, th th um, this this group has taken the tact of taking existing and sorting them out versus what's the strategic plan say and building a plan from the strategic plan. I think it's fine. We have to address the existing state, but I'm just saying I. I don't read this as the only things they'll do where the existing work that's been layered on age eternal, it's here's a structure that supports a strategic plan, which was the charge. So these are the types of things that could happen underneath that that account for legacy, but it, it you have been taking an approach of sorting legacy into new buckets versus what duties and responsibilities would support the strategic plan. So I think I think that's a really, really good comment you're making. And I would ask, are we going to, are, are we going to take that step as a board 
to define or attempt to provide some suggested guidelines definition to the city commission about what we want a safe and secure board to do because I haven't really heard us talk about that yet we've just been categorizing existing boards but I feel like we have an obligation to the city commission to give them more than just okay move all these into this new heading if, if we're really going to provide value to the city commission shouldn't we define what we mean by safe and secure board and provide some at least some suggested language there based on you can base it on what's part of the strategic plan we do have that opportunity and we have had that opportunity to put in additional thoughts and duties under each of these uh, strategic plan categories uh, this is certainly a first step uh, but we do have the ability to suggest other operations Sherry, did you? No. Oh, you were. <laughs> no. Um, other operations. We haven't really come up with any new duties yet or new, well, for example, new types of issues that each of these would consider. Under safe and secure, for mm -hmm. example, in the, in the city strategic plan, it, it talks more than just uh, crime and police. It also talks about fire and medical. Uh, as some of the topics under safe and secure. So would this be a board that addresses more than just police oversight or advising and also provides some oversight slash advising to our fire and medical programs? I mean, I think we owe it to the city commission to help quantify what we're suggesting. One in the last draft, and I don't think it's a it's a copy that's provided here, but um, we did provide um, a, a, a run at those definitions of, that we'd reviewed last time. And really, all I did was cut and paste the existing um, uh, outcome statements from the strategic plan itself, um, which may be overly broad, but I think. As a starting point, I think that it, it is the thing, the, the policies that relate to and support those those words that are already constructed, thoughtfully constructed, I think, but. I think, uh, John Avandian, I think for us to go beyond, um, you know, the combining and to talk about the functions, the functions, that's another step. And, and that's a, that, I think that's, that would be really major to me. That would be quite major. And I, you know, I'm, I'm not prepared to do that at this point. You know, I don't have a clue what ought to go into safe and secure other than, you know, the stuff that's here. D.O.B. Smith, uh, to me, looking at the strategic plan and, and also looking at this very small safe and secure board we have here, I mean, part of me wonders if, if that's partially a result of the fact that, you know, the health department, if it, if it was going to have an advisory board that was in, you know, under the city's purview, we, the health department would be in safe and secure, but since there's a joint city-county 
uh, health board, it is separate. And then, you know, with fire and medical, a lot of fire and medical is also like joint city county. So is that, I mean, is that partially why we're seeing um, the safe and secure section a little bit less populated than some of the others? Because um, a lot of the services are sort of enmeshed on, on, a, on more of a county level. I know that our police department is, is Lawrence, is local to Lawrence. The, the, the fire and EMS is all is all countywide. Um, EMS is, but not fire. Is it? Am I mistaken? That's correct. I mean, okay. they just address land. The other fire, if you're in the city, it's the Lawrence Fire Department. If you're out in the county, it's Apple Fire Station or Wakarusa uh, Volunteer Fire Guys. So, so I mean, to me, then I, I imagine that some of, I mean, looking at some of the effectiveness and ways to uh, improve those systems would would also fall under the purview of our uh, our new safe and secure board, even if we don't currently have have a board that that touches on those things. I think to Stan and John's point is that inventing um, whole new issues um, for each of these categories I mean, we we were given a four-month timeline um, to complete this and so uh, we have sorted sort of existing duties um, but that doesn't mean it can't be added to later once we get through this once we hear the public comment um, once we have this up and running there'll be things that can be added to this and we have also done that we're going to go over here in just a few minutes is we have made substantial um, there's a substantial draft here in terms of policies and procedures mm -hmm. that did not exist before. So thanks to SAP for you know, drafting that, but that's a, that is a substantial, I think, step forward in organizing boards and commissions um, in the city of Lawrence. So I, I don't think, I guess I agree with John Nabundi and add, inventing things from whole cloth is, um, beyond our timeline, um, we would need, I think, a few several more months in order to come up with um, whole new commissions and boards and the various issues. So uh, now that doesn't preclude us from just, th you know, if you have an idea this time around to possibly put under one of these categories, you know, please do suggest it. Um, but I think for now. Um, We've been able to sort, I think, uh, most of what we have here existing, and that gives us a framework, um, sort of the bones of a new structure that can be changed later, that can be added to. I pulled up the document I was referencing before. It, 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 it's from our last meeting. And I'll just read, for instance, the Strong Welcoming Neighborhood Commission. Or let, let me do this, the uh, Safe and Secure Board. Purpose, to consider, develop, and provide policy advice to fulfill the safe and secure strategic plan outcome of Lawrence's community where all people feel safe and secure and have access to trusted public community-based safety resources. And then we said, for reference, these are the existing boards and commissions currently engaged in this kind of work. So that's how we structured it in the ordinance that you will be forwarding and it, yes was it punting a little bit yes but it wasn't trying to undertake the work that was already done in developing the strategic plan 
So it's not reinventing the purpose or the work that's there. It's just saying we're going to have an advisory board that's going to work in this space, which may evolve, should evolve, hopefully will evolve over time. So under number three, we want to move on from that, Prosperity and Economic Security Board. Um, we had, I'm not quite sure I, I remember correctly, the, the question on the Chamber of Commerce. Um, Daniel B. Smith, I don't have anything specific yeah. about the Chamber of Commerce. Obviously, that's an external mm -hmm. partner. Um, but I am, I do feel like this section is a little bit suspect to me. I know that the TGT uh, component was sort of up on two different pieces of paper last time. Mm -hmm. um, while it is, you know, I, it is dealing with funds, I, I don't think that it makes sense in the Prosperity and Economic Security Board. Um, those, the TGT program, TGT funds, are pretty, pretty connected to parks and recreation. Um, those funds go to events, either uh, Recreational in terms of like volleyball tournaments and things like that, or or cultural in terms of like you know productions and plays, and so those those funds and and the distribution of them is something that is, is very much in the unmistakable identity sort of wheelhouse and is currently um, distributed by folks uh, under the supervision of of Parks and Rec, and then and then the Aviation Board is one that I personally was very back I wasn't super sure on. Um, because obviously ha having the the airport, um, it, it does tie into a lot of a lot of economic activity. But um, I think the same could be true of I think this is where it gets a little bit tricky. The same could be true of, of pretty much anything. You know, having good public transit results in positive economic outcomes. So I think I th to me the aviation board could potentially be more of a, a connected city connected city. Um, even though the outcomes might be economic, I think that actual activity is, is more about connectivity, um, not just within our community, but with our community and, and those surrounding it. Uh, and then the yeah, Chamber of Commerce, I, I think, I, I don't know if we should really, I think having them on here seems a little bit weird since we, we don't control them. Um, so. I feel like maybe that was a, just off of memory that we were considering Having them as a as a board member, as a, as a defined board member of this. Yeah, a member of this yeah. commission right. shall be appointed from or whatever. Right. Yeah, that's be what a chamber board member appointed by the chamber of commerce. Right. Mm -hmm. Dylan B. Smith, I, I think we also did point to them as a resource that the, the city, you know, the city interacts with the chamber a lot, and we we were coming up a little bit short trying to come up think of what boards fell under economic. Uh, security and prosperity, and we kind of pointed to the existence of the chamber as being part, partially the reason for that. So yeah, I think having a designated seat for them makes a lot of sense just to kind of bolster that partnership. I think some of those details, I mean, given that we're headed into a public information meeting, um, having those details uh, at least put in front of the community to comment on is good. So when we go through this, when we if we see it possibly elevate issues heard or question marks, I think we should probably nail that down for the for us. So is that something we can add in terms of the public comment? Is that in our view of this prosperity and economic security board, we would add um, to that board a member of the Chamber of Commerce. Do you have any detail? 
I don't know, does we, the other um, option, the TGT was also, if you can look on the second page, it was also listed under standalone committees for, as, as part of our unresolved issues, um, was the uh, transient guest tax. Um, so we had it either with the Parks and Rec and Cultural Arts or under this Prosperity and Economic Security Board. Dean B. Smith, just to quickly retread some of the stuff that I brought up with TGT before, it is, it's not, a, it's not something, that, something that meets year round. So um, initially, it just didn't really meet sort of the criterion of what, what we would refer to as a board. It's more of a, a subcommittee or a task force or something. Um, and, and my personal feeling about it is that it should just be convened by either, you know, it could be convened by the Unmistakable Identity Board or, um, or to me, what would be best is if the Parks and Recreation Board or Subcommittee and then the Cultural Arts Commission Board or Subcommittee would each convene their, their own TGT um, subcommittee or, or task force that would decide where those funds go um, so that they didn't have to necessarily fight over them. But it definitely, to me, does not meet the criteria of, of something that would be considered a fully-fledged board since it is, um, you know, meets annually to distribute those funds and then goes into hibernation or disbands and then is re, re, uh, reassembled. So, but I think that, but I think that can just be part of any one of these boards. It doesn't, like it can be under prosperity and that's just what they do in March. Like it, it doesn't, I don't think that changes the process of, of the TGT um, and, its, and its grant programming. Um, if we if it if we consider prosperity and economic security as the right place for that to be, we can do that. They don't need a subcommittee to do that. It's just one of their responsibilities as part of a board sure, sure. to do that every March or whenever those funds yeah. are distributed. You know, one of the John Abandian, one of the things that's holding me back here is like the idea of would somebody who wants to be on the aviation board really be interested in any of these other functions. Well, that's holding me back. But then I thought, well, however, if we had a prosperity and economic security board that included these different functions, we might be selecting different candidates, right? So the candidates would know, look, this is the totality of your responsibility. Great. So they wouldn't necessarily say, well, I'm a member of the advice of the airport board, I don't do it. That kind of liberates me a little bit in terms of thinking about these things. Agreed. I think when you're looking at this, you have to look at not the title of the old boards, but combining the duties of all of those under one heading. Mm -hmm. yep. And that means different people. It may, yeah. And that may lead to more well-rounded decisions mm -hmm. when you're not just in a little wheelhouse right that's the idea right good I would like to nail down what the where where should we for now um, until the public has their crack at it um, the transient guest tax program um, is it truly is it that transient guest tax, is those are those funds really solely in the realm of parks and recreation and cultural arts is there anything else that those funds are used for Historically or by law? Yeah, that's a that great question. <laughs> what does the law state for the usage of those funds? 
<laughs> Tony has a pint on this. Okay. I thought they could also be used for like conferences and events that weren't necessarily cultural events, but bringing a great broadly. Broadly, it's generated by hotel stays, and so broadly, they're trying to do things that create people to stay in hotels. Now, we use it for other things that are, you know, also attract events and, and attention and placemaking, and those are, those are all acceptable uses. We have a, it's a pretty broad legal, and I think we chartered out of it anyway, but she's looking. Yeah, there are some grant guidelines that um, they have to follow when making awards. And um, let's see, a list of potential advertising, marketing, promotional tools that could be used for events, and they, um, they talk about that. Um, it, it is, they are um, activities and programs that um, promote and get visitors to come to the city of Lawrence. Um, and so it, ha it has to have some connection to filling up hotel beds and, and those types of things. We've gotten some of those grants for Kansas too. <laughs> so that, that sort of tells me it's beyond just parks and rec and cultural arts. And so I would, I guess I sort of then see it in the Prosperity and Economic Security Board and maybe that's just, as you said, what they do in March. That's not like they have to do it all the time. That that would be where I would lean. What about others? I'd agree with that. I agree with that. Okay. Yeah, I think so. I like the idea also of suggesting to the city commission that uh, one of the positions on that board be defined as a chamber of commerce mm -hmm. member. Okay. Or representative mm -hmm. from the chamber. So the TGT stays under prosperity and economic security, and a chamber member. And that is representative. A representative chamber. chamber. Mm -hmm. okay. This is great. I, I think, to Dan's point on aviation, I mean, looking at the bylaws of the aviation board. I think I'm. I think I would agree with Dan that I, I'm, I might be more inclined for that to be connected city because it does speak to um, moving our, our our outcomes is moving throughout the community and the region, um, and I think we might have a little bit more synergy of of like minds or people of interest that might be working through the connected city that would have an opinion on on what the duties current duties of the aviation board are. Um, so I think I would agree with you on that one. I could agree with that. Any other thoughts on Aviation Board? Where it should lie, either Connected City or Prosperity and Economic Development? There, there's no reason that, the, that it has to be one or the other. The Aviation Board responsibilities associated with transportation could lie under the Connected Cities City Commission uh, Board. The Aviation Board responsibilities associated with business development uh, in the community could perhaps remain under the Prosperity and Economic Security Board. It doesn't have to be an either-or in my mind. So in effect, you, dis you dissolve the board and you put the function in a different you put the function in a different 
different category. Yeah. You don't have to keep, we don't have to keep any of these boards. Well, essentially, I think we are dissolving these and putting them yeah. in the yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the idea. We're going to dissolve, yeah. all of these would be dissolved yeah. and then their, right. their duties. Yeah. So I don't know that it would have to be one or the other. It could be both. Yeah. Could, so, those, those, could those issues be easily defined and then put in one board or the other? The current duties of the Asian board, would that be something that staff could then shuttle various decision making? I want to stay as flexible as you all are being on it as far as staff support. Um, I, it, it is, it's tough to straddle, but I want to, I'll have to think about that. I, it, we, we, we handle it all together at one point. I do get that it, both of these two that you're debating about, they do go back and forth all the time. These are the two that do find themselves in either home when we talk about it at staff level and when we're staffing it. But I probably will not have, we probably wouldn't rip apart duties and responsibilities. If it's a hair, airport thing, it's probably gonna be handled mostly by the same staff member until we get a lot bigger. I, I, I can't imagine that mm -hmm. okay. so we should really choose one as a recommendation yes. and I think and I think then the community is going to give us some input back to the the stakeholders will give some impact and the City Commission will have some opinions on it too so I, I, I want to lower the the stakes here a little bit for making this ultimate decision yeah this is just a trap but I would like that sort of at least sure. something to put in front of people yeah and we can put on both of them also considering mm -hmm. connected city mm -hmm. you know I think that would be fair I would love Sorry. I love that because then the community mm -hmm. feels like there's still some flexibility with the decisions and that their input matters because we, we're hoping to present everything to them that gives them like we've considered most everything but then we, the balance from our discussion last time was like well but we also want to make sure that they understand that their input matters and so I think that's a great way to do that. I would vote for that approach. At the present time, how much connectivity is out at the airport? I mean, how many flights do they receive in a week? Depends on whether it's a game weekend or <laughs> something like that. They get more in for big basketball games, big football games. Mm -hmm. um, they might They might have some spillage from the uh, the draft in going on in KC because they're talking the downtown airport is going to be full of private jets and there may be some spillage into surrounding communities from that um, but on on big game days they do get more activity I know so to illustrate this flexibility can we put that under both and let and then that's a possibility that people can comment under mm -hmm. yes as far as the public meeting is yeah. concerned. Absolutely. So listed under both as opposed to one saying also considering under the other. Okay. Could you, could you list it under both and then put dash uh, economic development activities under mm -hmm. prosperity and then put it under connected cities and say aviation board dash transportation related activities? So it kind of quantifies it. And then you, you could possibly do that with 
transient guest tax, straddle the fence there on certain things. Danby Smith, yeah, I mean, I mentioned that with the TGT funding, there has always been, there's been a push and pull with it. Some people really want it to go to, um, you know, more of these large-scale sporting events, whereas other folks want it to go to more community events. And, and so um, I know talking to folks in the past, there's been a desire to, to not let one, one of those sides win out to, to maintain that balance, because both those things are important, both the money-making heads and beds events and also the community unmistakable identity sort of events so I think having it in, in both categories could be a way of sort of moving towards that goal with the heads and beds sort of representing the economic prosperity side and the, the uh, unmistakable identity being more about community events things that motivate people to uh, come and, and visit and then maybe and then maybe stay then we could get more public comment, hopefully. Yeah, I think it would also. Sure, it would generate. I hope if we give this, I hope when we give this party, people actually yeah. come. I think in order to do that, you're going to have have to do that at the budgeting process. That the city manager is going to have to say, "I'm allocating X to yeah. prosperity and economic security, and X to that." And I'm not so sure that that's the, the right path to do that. Well, we're, we're very trained on we have this specific source of money, and so we're going to have a whole conversation about that, and it almost seems as if that's all we have to spend on whatever it is, and that's not true. So what, what the strategic plan is suggesting is the, the most important things that we need to achieve as a community. We've decided we want as a community, so what do we do to get them done? Not how many shirts people buy is how much we're going to have for recreation. That's not a good connection. He's starting with how much did we get in from a certain source. So I, I think the strategic plan does disconnect that, but that's a paradigm shift on the way it's been handled here for a long time. So the only the amount of music we want to have in public spaces is attached with how many people stayed in our hotels last year. Is that the real indicator of our desire to have live music in public spaces? Not really. So these were. I hope that the strategic plan and the work of these of the, each of these is going to be. What is our next? What do we need to do? Now, how do we fund it? Yes, that becomes that city manager's job and the community's job to try and allocate resources. But I don't think. But with these these two things, with a, an allocation of specific revenue sources, I think it's it's made difficult conversations. I mean, instead of the. The, the structure being a, a top-down structure where the city manager says we got this much budget and this is where I'm allocating it, it could be built from bottom up where you have the prosperity and economic board presenting to the city commission hey we'd like to do X here's what it's going to cost we'd like you to allocate the, the resources for that from here here and here the same thing could be with the cultural arts uh, board saying here's what we'd like to do Here's where we suggest the funding come from, and these could be real dynamic boards feeding into the city commission and the city manager. Danby Smith, to, to uh, like, I definitely agree with the sort of idea of looking more at the desired outcomes and focusing there and figuring out how to, how to make that happen after the fact. Um, but as far as the sort of streamlining part of this process, where we're trying to make the 
all of these bodies function more efficiently and reduce how much of uh, city staff time is being drained um, and things like that. As far as I know, the part of the origin story for the TGT fund um, is that people would, would just come to the city commission whenever they wanted and ask for money for their events. And so the TGT fund and the process by which people apply to it and then are evaluated was set up to, to remove that factor so that people, if people wanted to do an event, um, whatever kind of event, they wouldn't just show up at any city commission meeting and, and clog things up by, by making requests. There was a, a structured way of, of doing that. Um, so that to me seems like still a useful device to keep things streamlined um, regardless of, of a lot of the other questions about it. I feel like if we were to sort of lose that aspect, I think we might end up having what I have heard, I wasn't there, I, I, this is secondhand information, but I think we might return to having people just showing up to city commission meetings to make requests for, for, for their events. So if that was in fact the sort of part of the motivation for creating that TGT um, advisory board process, it seems like that's worth uh, retaining that functionality in some, in some way, wherever, regardless of where it lives. Um, so. And maybe I have the history on that wrong. Again, I've just, that's just what I've heard. I, I, I would suggest we're ready for the next step. And the next step is we don't kind of spend money that way. I mean, because we spent a lot more money on, um, on building roads. There isn't, we don't handle it that way for building roads. Somehow we build roads. And we don't have contractors coming to every city commission meeting saying, hey, can I build a road over here? <laughs> so, I mean, I, I think this was something that came up and that cities have the ability to charge a tax. And we said, and most cities do, let's have an accountability mechanism since this is something that's new. So let's support, appoint a board so that we make sure that it's being spent in a way that people understand because it's new. I'm still a proponent of believing in a prosperity and economic security. In my mind, I don't separate the two. Um, if, if an event is bringing music to the community is, ha, does have an economic impact to our community, it brings people in. If the merits of that, of that event rise to the level that, that to, to receive transient guest tax, that it would receive transient guest tax. And it's our responsibility to fund, to put enough funding behind unmistakable identity that we have the events that maybe don't have the economic impact that this, that maybe a different event would have. I sort of see it as a bit of an incubator fund. This is just a small part, but it's where somebody that, I don't know, wants to put on a festival or a bike race or something can come and get some funds because they can only get it for the first several years, right? It's not an ongoing thing. We go every year to fund our, our bike race. So it's sort of an opportunity for organic um, growth in activities that sprout from the community by having this fund as different as all the big festivals that are put on. So I, I think you're right. I'm Captain Green. Dianne Smith, I, I've had people push back on the notion that it's an incubator fund. I think there was one year where there was 
they, they didn't allow people to reapply who had applied in multiple years, but I think that, that has shifted back. I, I, don't, I don't know, but... Um, oh, I, th I thought you could only do it, then they were supposed to be I've, I've heard, I've heard, self-sustaining. I've heard both, both sides of it, so I'm not, I'm not sure what the actual, what the current, I'm not sure what the current setup is. Well, we had just discussed putting it. Is, is there, are we going to leave it in Prosperity and Economic Security Board? Seems to be the so that's the consensus, but maybe not complete consensus. Jamie <laughs> Smith, I, mean, I, I do think to the point, point yeah. earlier about aviation, if we put it in both with a little line item and a question mark, I think that would help generate more discussion, discussion. from the public, and that might help mm -hmm. make the decision, you know, uh, to, to hear what, what other people think about it, especially since it has been, it has been the other way for, for quite a while. I, I, I always just think about what, what do we want these boards to be doing? What, what issues, what topics do we want them to be considering? Now, the unmistakable identity board should be doing these things. And it, is it, is that worrying about all of the event, uh, big sporting events? And if we start breaking these things up too much, you're kind of chopping these things up too little, too fine to work. It's kind of doing a little bit of everything that we were doing before. Can unmistakable identity just do the things that we want unmistakable identity to be? Well, if unmistakable identity is mostly parks, the functions of Parks and Rec and Lawrence Culture Arts, then we're back at where the TGG is just for those events and not we're not right. thinking broader. Right. Beyond that, so that would be. But I would like maybe we should move on to the rest since we have a lot to, to cover. After those thoughts with the TGT, um, Connected City Commission, uh, it was pretty obvious about public transport and multimodal. Um, the CIP, uh, I remember I had some thoughts about the CIP there. The uh, Remind me what CIP stands for. Uh, community well, Capital Improvement yeah. Plan, thank you. Yeah. Uh, thank you. And I know most of that, that's from buying fire trucks to building roads to putting in roundabouts, everything. Um, I guess I was looking for a way of having that at least reviewed somewhat by some kind of advisory board instead of being like when we get it at the planning commission, we haven't even, I mean, it's, it's, it's so large. We have hardly any time to review it. It comes up and we're supposed to vote on it wholesale at whether we support it or not, even though we might have issues with minor things. So this was an attempt to find some way to get the CIP in front of an advisory board. I don't know if this is the right place for it or what's possible. I don't know what the timing is. I know that was a problem with the timing of when that capital improvement plan comes out. I like it. Amazing. I think it would be really valuable to have that reviewed before it goes to planning commission, if not for anything else, but just the timing of those projects. Mm -hmm. And what makes the most sense of this thing coming before something else? And having those all in alignment with the strategic plan of what we're trying to accomplish as a, as a city. Well, I wish Craig were here. Mm -hmm. I would imagine that the city's comprehensive plan is, includes a huge, a, a huge number of projects. Mm -hmm. It does. You know? And I don't know who's capable of, you know, I mean, the, the departments are prioritizing those kinds of things. 
I don't know how I, I don't know how you work with well, I, I know something that, that complex. I know the chamber had had a had a meeting with the city about this and had some ideas as to what might make more sense to go what okay. project might make more sense to go before some. So I I think there's always people that have ideas mm -hmm. and the more ideas we have the better. In case it's helpful, this is Hannah Ballard, to shed some light on our internal processes for the capital improvement plan. So all capital improvement plan projects are peer-reviewed by the commitment champions. So they're reviewed for their commitment to community engagement, their commitment to engaged empowered teams, efficient and effective processes, sustainability, forgetting uh, to. But all the champions of that work go into this back end, and they rate each capital improvement project based on the level that they are living up to the commitments as they are outlined in the strategic plan. So I just provide that as context to help you understand how this work is already being reviewed internally, um, that there is kind of a, a check, but it happens at the city staff level. Are they all transportation related, or would it be better under the yeah. prosperity um, economic? Building a new swimming pool, yeah. fire trucks, infrastructure, yeah, yeah. everything and anything. Mm -hmm. I, when we were originally going through and breaking this up, and we were trying to understand what the connected city. Um, strategic plan was it, it was infrastructure yeah. so it seems like it goes perfectly under there from well it's capital projects I mean it's, it's building you know, it's building projects but it would be like um, um, acquiring new land new land in this particular area for a, um, a new park a new park mm -hmm. uh, a new water treatment plant yep. at such and such. New and bike lanes. Um, all kinds of Yeah, wastewater. I'm trying to think of what tower, I reviewed this water year. Water tower that's being built. Yeah. All kinds yeah. of things. I wonder what kind of person would have the knowledge and wherewithal to serve on that kind of advisory board. They're already having the planning commission review it, though, right? And but still, not really. That's no. the thing. Have the time to do it and do a good job gratis. You can make that point on pretty much every board. Yeah. <laughs> I can offer up to, from a staff perspective, um, we are looking at how to do engagement around our entire budget in a much more holistic and um, significant way. We really haven't done a lot of budget, budget engagement beyond the public hearing that's required by law. Um, and part of the conversation around that is we're trying to get general budget engagement off the ground, but then we have had conversations about the capital improvement plan and how we can get more of the community involved in that process. And there's, you know, I know that um, the commission has expressed interest in talking about more publicly about how the capital improvement projects move through this peer review process, how they get scored, uh, what level of community engagement, for instance, is selected for each project. So I guess I would just offer that these conversations are happening at lots of different levels and lots of different spaces, but I appreciate you surfacing them. And I think there's probably a conversation to be had here. It's just where does it live and yeah, it who is it? Yeah. Who's the right person, right, to be a part of this conversation? And it might be that this particular commission, the Connected City Commission, is the vehicle for public comment. That if you want to comment mm. on the capital improvement plan, yes. mm -hmm. this is when you do it and when, when and where you do it. Yes, That's this is the forum. Yes. Just put that up for. Mm -hmm. I like that. I like it where it is. Mm -hmm. And I like that idea. I think we ought to change the name of the Connected City Commission. 
We have a city commission. <laughs> oh, <laughs> board, we can change <laughs> that. <laughs> so the proposal is that the connected city board um, at some point during the year offers a space for public comment on CIP projects. Is it in my understanding that yeah, proposal correctly? Interpreted that. Okay. There might be some process questions there that I'm not qualified to speak to, but uh, staff can look into that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because connected city isn't just transportation, it's functional and efficient infrastructure facilities and other assets. And if you look at the progress indicators, it's about you know, gallons of clean and wastewater treated. It's not just transportation. Shall we move on to Equity and Inclusion Board? I did have a question. Tony, when we met last time, you explained that there were um, ways that you, a, a commission is different from a board. Can you explain that again? It, it just kind of depends on, on how they're set up, either by state statute. The statute may designate them as a commission versus a board. Okay. There really aren't any substantive legal okay differences between a board and a commission okay i was i thought that like a commission did policy advising and a board was more of like an expertise um advising um i thought we had that discussion and so my only question about this was um could a commission like human relations commission be uh, um, a part of a board and if it is, if that can happen, that's totally fine. But like, if a commit, should it be the Equity and Inclusion Commission? Because that, in um, does that matter? Am I, I think going too far. I think the City Commission can, when it takes this recommendation and um, sets forth an ordinance, what the responsibilities of the boards or commissions will be. They can designate whether it is a board or commission and then justify or you know identify what its purposes are okay. and um, since the Human Relations Commission or commissions like that are not required by state law the city commission will have great flexibility to fashion it the way they want okay. to. Okay. I so, must have misunderstood from Well we talked about the difference between policy boards and operational boards mm -hmm. and that was that okay. the distinction, I think. Okay, I think, yeah, but it didn't and, change their rather name. Rather than boards and commissions, it was more, are you an operational board, meaning you need to have some expertise to be able to advise on operational kinds of things versus a policy board. I think, we, I think I, we talked about commissions having a, a, a ruling or, or making. Yeah, that's what I thought, too. Where the boards were not making rulings on things. Okay. That's why we have the board of, code of Board of Appeals as a commission. I think that's what you've had historically versus a board, which is advisory in nature. Um, but, but I don't think there was there. I think you said there wasn't a, a legal reason to do that, but that's just kind of how some of these boards yeah. had or commissions had fallen. And that may have been when Tony wasn't there and Craig and I were saying just based on what yeah. some of the other cities we looked at, but it wasn't like a legal decision. Some right. of them use commission as more like a planning commission who's actually making decisions that right. then can get appealed to the city commission. Um, and that, but again, not required. We were just saying that's how sometimes they use that distinction. 
but I, that wasn't what Tony advised at the last meeting. Okay. Um, that was my only question. And yeah, those little things can get resolved. We don't have to deal with that. Um, I don't have any questions about this. We don't have a current, we don't currently have a, like a homeless advisory board, but do we want to put that as a topic under there? I mean, affordable and accessible housing is. Do you think that covers it? Yes. I think some specific, I mean, some specific <coughs> things having to do with homeless issues might fall under operational boards where it's just like, okay, we have an emergency, we're going to form this board, possibly. And especially if it's defined. Just especially if it's defined within the vision, mission, and duties of that board to address housing generally, or accessible housing, or affordable and accessible housing, however it's put, then yes. I don't think it has to, we have to say our houseless population issues fall here. It's a housing issue generally, and it would fall under here. One thing I'll note on this, we had under this one, um, add some review outcomes of other boards. I know that kind of came up with the sustainability advisory board as well. And I'm, I don't know how that would operationally happen where you would have because it just it's one of those issues, equity, inclusion, and sustainability are one of these overarching umbrella issues that everything should be reviewed with the lens of. So I don't know how operationally one board would review the outcomes of another board. Agreed. But I don't know how to incorporate that those big lenses that we should be looking at everything with equity, inclusion, and sustainability. Well, I think that in my opinion, some of that is staff, when the descriptions are written for each of these boards, that is part of their duty is that everything is done, you know, the, the boxes checked. Um, is this an equitable allocation of funds? Is this an equitable plan for airport whatever um, and and I think the city has a lot of that already in place um, when you talk about reviewing contractors and subcontractors there's someone at the city who already does that is am I correct mm -hmm. yep so then I don't know that that would fall under this um, volunteer board um, other than like maybe an annual um, review of each board's mission and ensuring that as our knowledge evolves of what diversity and equity and inclusion means, mm -hmm. that we're educating these, these boards and commissions as to how they're supposed to, what lens they're supposed to use. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think that there would be anything um, like reviewing a lot of stuff. If that's a, the sense, I want to get rid of that note as a something was it, um, bef before we was it just have that as a thing that the public discusses. That one one board would review other boards. I just I think the wording needs to be changed. And I thought it was just a reminder that we should be looking mm -hmm. at the equity and 
inclusion commitments under each of the outcomes. I think it was just a reminder for us, rather than suggesting that they would have oversight over other boards. That's how I was reading it, so I wanted to. D DOD Smith, I feel like we could remove the line saying that they, they, that they would review the outcomes of other boards and simply have a line saying that they would be available and if other boards needed input, that they could be a sounding board. Um, I think that seeing them as like a, a resource other boards could could lean on when they need that area of expertise could be could be really helpful. Um, or and brainstorming is happening. <laughs> the public could could say, "I've gone to the planning commission. I feel like they're um, which, which is not." technically unlawful like I feel like their decision was discriminatory in granting or denying this permit or something like that complaint could be heard by and now you the equity and inclusion board sort of a be a destination for appeal which I'm not sure yeah the statute's pretty clear that planning commission decisions are you know, there's a certain appeal for, for decisions and there's certain time frames and if you don't do it in the proper way, it, it, it would be thrown out and you'd lose your That's cause a, of action. Perhaps that was a bad, the, uh, my bicycle event wasn't granted a transient guest tax um, grant or something. I mean, if there are um, equity issues or complaints, then this board could hear them. I think, once again, you're making them an appeal, an arbiter of appeal. And so what you'd be doing is you'd be elevating Equity and Inclusion Board, because what if Equity and Inclusion Board, what if they, what if you talk to them and, you, and they said, yeah, we think, that, we think that their denial of funds for your bicycle event was an error, then what? Like, yeah, then we would like write it. I mean, but then what? Well, well, you know, don't forget. I mean, there is the city commission. Yeah, that's that a group can appeal to. That's where you want your appeals to end up. Okay. It's just an idea. All right. Yeah. That's what we're here for. Throw out ideas. I mean, send all those people to city commission. I think we should just kind of strike it. Yeah, that's. I just wanted to make sure with that was not misinterpreted. I'm not sure, you know, Craig had mentioned it and I can pull it up. I didn't include it in this packet, but we had done that draft at the last meeting of sort of what this would look like, where we put the purpose uh, um, under purpose, like what would this board do? We put the statement from the strategic plan and then outlined what the board's current charges. I didn't bring that back because we had some unresolved and they are rearranged and different. But I do think that if you have that or if we can pull it up, it does kind of help advise like currently what the equity and inclusion strategic plans goal is to help you think about the types. Doesn't mean you can't add or take away, but kind of just remind you what sort of the strategic plan goal under equity and inclusion, what that purpose is. So, you know, to right now, it's to con based on what the strategic plan language is, this board would be to consider, develop, and provide policy advice to fulfill that strategic plan commitment. 
is fair and impartial delivery of services so that no group is disadvantaged or burdened, along with having inclusive representation and participation for all. Um, equity and inclusion drives the culture of our organization and our com community. So, and it goes on, but again, I can pull that up. I don't know how well you can see it, but that might help on some of these where you have questions to kind of refocus like what would, what all would fall under that. I like that for a format for the community forum as well. So again, like using the connected city as a, an example, like I wouldn't think I wouldn't think that that was entirely infrastructure as a um, person who has not been sitting here for the last few months. So, so I, want, I wanted to comment at, at, at this point about what we've done so far. Uh, the boards one, two, three, and four, strong and welcoming neighborhoods, safe and secure, prosperity and economic security, and connected city are all outcomes in our strategic plan. And the, and the strategic plan has a hierarchy of vision and mission, and then it has outcomes. And under each outcome, they have the commitments, and the commitments are community engagement, efficient and effective processes, equity and inclusion, sound fiscal stewardship, engaged empowered teams, and environmental sustainability. So we're transitioning now from boards that were outcomes to now we're having boards that are some of the commitments underneath those outcomes. So equity and inclusion, sound fiscal stewardship, community engagement, those are all outcome or commitments underneath those outcomes. So I just want us to be aware that we've, we, we've gone from a high level board where all of these commitments have to be considered under those outcomes and now we've got boards that are just one of the several one, two, three, four, five, six commitments under each one of those. So we're, we're starting that with equity inclusion. And it. That's true. Like she said, we're going to now to what everything should be viewed at with the big lens. Everything should be soundly fiscal. Everything should include equity and inclusion. Yes. Unmistakable identity is another outcome. So we have one, two, three, four, five, five of the, we have all five outcomes covered, but then we have a couple more boards that we're suggesting that are right. commitments only. Yeah. We have two of those. That makes sense. One of them we put as an operational advisory board. The community engagement was an operational advisory board. So we sort of took that out of the big mix and made that operational. Okay. So the two, the two that, uh, to your point, the equity inclusion and sound fiscal stewardship. And we have to figure out what to do with and environmental sustainability yeah. because okay. that's that's a commitment not right. an outcome mm -hmm. and so we need to consider that too so the community engagement board wouldn't be included in part of the presentation I just it was something you all decided and I want to make sure that that hadn't changed <coughs> because it wouldn't be a board that you, that would be a part of what was outlined Craig would create a board if needed or it would just be operations okay. that was the consensus of the group on 329 yeah 
Hannah Ballard, what I can add here is this conversation mirrors so closely how we talk about outcomes and commitments as a staff. The commitments are all of our work and they infuse everything that we do. So with the commitments, I think there is an opportunity to think about how you infuse those commitments into all of the outcomes and how we reflect that in boards and commission structure. Because sometimes when we silo things, right, when we say equity inclu inclusion lives over here, that can sometimes give it the power to infuse into other things, but sometimes it has opposite effect and does silo it, right? And says that lives over here. We do that work in this space at that time. But with equity and inclusion, we do that work all the time in everything that we do. Or at least that's what we're striving towards. Same with community engagement. Same with sound fiscal stewardship. So, I think the point for is that. we could be considering <laughs> affordable housing under safe and secure or prosperity and economic security human relations could be under safe and secure because these are elements of equity inclusion that should be under, every one of these should be considering equity and inclusion. Every one of them should be considering sound steward, uh, fiscal stewardship. So, but we're gonna, right now we're proposing to silo them, to, to use your words, I think it's a good word. I'm sorry, I don't know how we got here, but this is a surprise to me. <laughs> like, you're right. Why did we do this? How did we get, how did we do this? Well, I think we were trying to spread them out and, but. It's hard work, that's all. <laughs> it's hard work. Why are we this far in I guess I don't, I don't see that as uh, something that we can't, it can't be both. Like each one of these can't have, but an equity inclusion board couldn't be advising the city on, on equity and inclusion policy. policy that does get incorporated through all the decision making that's happening at, at every level of the city. So I, I, I don't see that it, we, it can't be its own board. Just because it's a commitment doesn't mean it can't be its own board. We're, we're designing what we want as a city of our advisory boards as a whole. Um, so I. That's kind of the way my takeaway from the last time when we're putting these on is that these rise to the level that they need their own board. They need, yes, they are part of our commitments and we will make that decision throughout, but we can also impact change at these board levels with these type of commitments because we didn't do one for each one of these because we felt like they're, they're what, there doesn't need to be an effective and efficient process for them. That's a, something that's happening at the city level. It can be a, uh, can be a community engagement board if necessary, but really, does, it, does there need to be community engagement on effective, efficient and effective processes internally? Probably not. And I, I think we came up with the sound fiscal stewardship just because we had these funds <laughs> that we needed to figure out and you know, make sure they were spent um, with some oversight, I guess, that sound, I think that's why we ended up with that. Right. So we didn't where else to put that. What do we want, what do we want these, partic these mm -hmm. four or five boards mm -hmm. focusing on? And do we, can we separate the sound fiscal stewardship of the oversight and usage of these funds to one particular board so these other boards can focus on the goals and outcomes that we want them to, to achieve? Yeah, when I brought this up, I wasn't necessarily meaning that we had to move them all out, right. but I do think we need to be cognizant of when we're trying to explain this to the public, what's our rationale? Right. You know, we, our rationale is we're following the strategic plan, so we, we built boards to deal with the outcomes. But I like what you just said. We also then turn to the commitments 
and some of those rose to the level of needing their own policy board to specifically help direct or guide city commission on those topics. And it, I like how you presented that. So equity and inclusion sound fiscal stewardship could be those. That's a good way of thinking about the logic connecting it to the plan. I like that. And I would propose that economics or environmental sustainability could be one of those too as a separate one when we get to that. I think we talked about that last at the last meeting and and asking you what what is, what is an agenda look like for you and I think the um, the plastic bags was a point in which you talked about really early on is that something that we needed that much public engagement on or was that something that the city staff could have done a lot of legwork for um, over those years and then bring that to the city commission at a certain point in time does 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 it need its own board to have public engagement at that point or is that an operational type board I think it could be more operational. We, I don't feel like we got a lot of public engagement on it. Yeah. We have one or two people that regularly participate from the public in the environmental sustainability, uh, sustainability board. We, we did solicit input from Dillons and checkers and the Merck and stuff as that was being drafted and considered. But that's something that could have been done in a operational advisory board too. Anyway. I think one thing I thought of, especially with equity inclusion and sustainability, that well, I I, I mean I think it would be interesting to think about presenting to the public sort of two ways of where we elevate those particular issues to a standalone border commission um, from commitment from the commitment level um, or we could also just suggest somehow in the public meeting that what would it look like to put some of those these particular duties these issues into strictly the strategic plan outcomes um, what might that look like? Um, and this, with the equity and the sustainability, one of the, the questions I have is, does the public have enough faith in the city government to feel like these, those two issues, this equity inclusion and sustainability <coughs> are being taken care of and looked at throughout all of its functioning because if if the public did have the enough faith and that would be fine you know that this is the lens through which everything is is viewed but if the public doesn't have enough faith that these issues are being looked at and carefully considered then maybe that's why they're elevated so we'll stand to be the uh, president of this board again for the agenda well i think this I don't want to jump ahead to just talking about the sustainability advisory board. It's a good example, but, though. Yeah. It could be it could be standalone, mm -hmm. and I think with direction from city commission as to what they wanted us to work on, it could function very well as a standalone. Mm -hmm. It's a unique topic, but it is a topic that 
crosses every one of those outcomes. Mm -hmm. Every one of those outcomes has environmental sustainability progress indicators and certain goals that they're trying to meet under there. I think that's where my, my hang up with that one in particular is, is that it feels, if that's a standalone, that it ends up almost being something where people have to go to appeal to and making sure that we've done that in safe and secure, we've done that in prosperity, and I don't know that we want one board overseeing the other boards. Or it could become just a single issue board sometimes, which it has in the past. Right. You know, there's more, more to sustainability than plastic bags. Right, they've formed, the city has formed like the peak oil task force that was outside of the sustainability advisory board. That was a separate mm -hmm. task force, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. And other task forces that the city has, I can't remember all of them off the top of my head. But there have been some environmentally related ones. Um, but if equity and inclusion and sound fiscal stewardship raise to the level of being a separate board, then maybe environmental sustainability would also. It seems to be out of those commitments, one that is on par with those. And maybe it's, maybe we need to add the word policy. Um, the advisory board, policy advisory board, equity and inclusion policy advisory board, sound fiscal stewardship policy advisory board, environmental sustainability policy advisory board, and give them a little different title just to s separate them a little. I don't know. Dean B. Smith, I feel like with the, uh, I feel like since a lot of discussion around sustainability has to do with like kind of the workload that is given to the sustainability advisory board, to me, I mean, I think that it is possible if the workload is there that, you know, every month they're meeting to advise on, on policy. That makes total sense to me, standalone board. Um, but I think that if, and based on what you said in the past, um, if the workload isn't quite there, it's more like something arises that needs consideration and then that gets resolved and the agenda sort of empties out. To me, that, that would lean more towards an operational advisory board, something which is the city staff would have the, the ability to convene when, it, when it, they need input on on a policy. So here's my, here's my conundrum. I'll give you an example. Right now there are proposals for solar projects mm -hmm. in Douglas County and wind projects in Douglas County. Okay? And the Planning Commission is looking at developing guidelines for wind development in Douglas County. But there's also a group of citizens in Douglas County who are opposed to those projects for various reasons. We have board members on the Sustainability Advisory Board that feel like the SAB should be drafting a, a policy that says the city of Lawrence supports these programs and wants to see them move forward and stuff like that. The city commission hasn't asked us to do that. Do we just take that upon ourselves and be proactive and say, here, we think city commission, you should be, here's your letter saying you need to support these. Or should, or are we, should we be directed by the city commission to draft something? Because you're shaking your head like just, we should just, be doing that. We should be proactive. I feel like we're the um, voice of the community. 
we're all here. We're not elected or appointed. Uh, we're, we're not elected. We're appointed. And we're appointed to represent these specialized areas of interest in our community. And some people on different advisory boards have different areas of expertise. And if that's the, I feel like that's our area of expertise, then we should say, this is the opinion. I mean, so long as you do it the right way in your meeting and, you know, get a consensus, but what else are you? Well, then I totally so think we should have our own board. Is what is your actual mandate? So, you know, there's some, like you said, like you've got a group of people that have been appointed and paneled there and have some subject matter expertise, but at the same time, you might have some people upstream, like at the city commission, the city manager's office are like, there was no mandate put in front of you to, to, to start freelancing, to start, you know, generating policy with the imprimatur of this city board behind your name as opposed to citizen writes this letter. And I think that might be where you find some stomach aches is, but once again, I'm sitting like, you know, on the board of zoning appeals where it's like, it's clear where our mandate is and we don't do anything unless something's like slid in front of us, go. You know, and then when it's done, we adjourn. Yeah, our mandate is to advise the city commission on environmental policy and issues. Do I feel like you just answered when your asked, question. <laughs> when asked or? That's the question I have. Answer. When directed or just on our own, free willing. That really comes down to the advisory board policies as well in terms of what you all look will look at later and, and but it, I mean you know, the I communication like the, from the city commission and what this says is to consider develop and provide policy but then it gets into the communication between the commission and the board mm -hmm. and what they direct your work and how they direct the work of the advisory board because what we put in the next draft that we're looking at which we need to get to in a few minutes is we just we've said in this document that boards and commissions cannot direct staff, I, commissions. I, sorry, I, I do have yeah. to say, I think that's a little correct. Mm -hmm. You're not directing them. Mm -hmm. It's a it's a letter, it's a suggestion. Su suggestion or we are this board. The policy stance or something like that or an opinion or something. Yeah, of course, always there's a, they are the decision makers, but it would be who, why are we here other than to help bolster or inform their decision. I, I like what you said, that we are the representatives of the community. We are the citizen representatives on that particular topic. You are you are one set of representatives for the community. This is my job, right, is to advocate for inclusive community engagement. So yes, you are absolutely key stakeholders and you're subject matter experts for us, but you don't represent the whole community, right? And so we have to talk to each other and we have to make space for people who disagree with us to come to the table and weigh in on every topic and conversation and decision point before the city commission. So not to disagree with you, but just to say, and there's the rest of the community too that we have to invite into these conversations. You know, I'm thinking, I'm thinking now as a city commissioner, and I'm thinking about, remember the issue having to do with um, expansion in K-10 and the dog park and the road that was going to head out and the impact with that? You know, if I were a commissioner and there was one of the boards that independently decided to do you know, take a stance on that. 
uh, without any direction from the city commission would not be happy because it's going to be a very controversial, controversial issue. So th that's my concern, and I, 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 but I also agree with what you're saying is that we're kind of we've been appointed to kind of represent this topic, and so I just. Mm -hmm. So then why don't, why don't you then request uh, a sort of endorsement from the city commission to go ahead and look at this? Maybe that's what we'll do. That's a good suggestion. We haven't even addressed it on a, at a meeting yet, but I have, I have a board member who emailed me today saying, hey, this needs to be a topic for us. We need to be doing this. So then that would be a great, you know, uh, you know, communicate with the mayor and say, yeah, like so as chair, it would be this. absolutely appropriate for you to query the city commission. Yeah, and say, as is this something that you'd like you know, us you to would do? endorse yeah. that you would like our committee to look at? Yeah, and then if they say yes, now that's a we, great you, Whatever you come back with, <laughs> they put their stamp on it, you know, yeah. so they're ready right. for you know, whatever comes back. Yeah. But for, for our purposes, in terms of how this goes out, this is a really sort of meaty, interesting topic about having these five outcomes and then we're essentially possibly elevating some of the, the couple commitments here. Is there a way um, that this can be presented at the public meeting to get feedback on this very, on these, these sorts of topics? Should this be a standalone board covering these sorts of issues, these topics, mm -hmm. um, or should maybe it also be folded into the, one of those five outcomes? I mean, is there a way to, to direct public feedback so we can see what the public thinks about? Should there be a standalone sustainability board, or should that be more, or an operational board, or should that just be part of city operations? It's a great question, Hannah Ballard. Um, I would say it's possible, but probably what will need to happen at the outset of the meeting is some education around the strategic plan itself, because you all have been in five meetings now, really getting to know the strategic plan and getting to know all of these boards and commissions and thinking about this deeply. The folks who come to this meeting won't approach with that same background, and they won't have thought about how the commitments infuse our outcomes and what are commitments and what are outcomes and what are all the outcomes and commitments, right? Um, so I think it's possible. It will just require more setup, and we'll have to find a simple way to frame it so that the community or the whoever is at this meeting, the public at this meeting, can meaningfully engage with the question we're asking them, right? If we ask a question that they haven't had time to think about or they aren't set up for appropriately, it's you're not going to get helpful right. feedback. You're going to get a lot of confused faces staring back at you. Right. So it's, I think it's possible. It will just, we'll have to do a lot of educational work at the beginning about what is the strategic plan what are outcomes, what are commitments. Yeah, if we got to that part in the meeting to talk about that, our, our potential meeting, our public information meeting, I was gonna suggest we need to have a slide or two on that. And my vision is have the outcomes mm -hmm. with the commitments below it, and you can highlight which ones we've specifically said need to be standalone boards. Yeah. Most of the outcomes are standalone boards, and then a couple of the commitments rose to that level of being separate boards as well. Yeah. And that's our recommendation. Yeah. Kind of visualize it that way that they they're underneath all of those. Mm -hmm. 
of these three mm -hmm. rows to that level. Mm -hmm. And that would go along with our next big question um, that we had for kind of unresolved was this unmistakable identity. So that would again be sort of asking the public what they think about folding parks and recreation or charts commission together or having standalone commissions, boards, um, for those topics. So that would be another way to try to find how can we get meaningful feedback Mm -hmm. on those two options. Mm -hmm. And we can also think about ways to build these um, conversations and questions into the digital questionnaire that will go out ahead of the meeting. And that might also help us structure our presentation. It'll show us what people know and what they don't know as they approach. So we can think about that too. So my thought when I looked at this was under unmistakable identity, rather than having subcommittees or combined committees as you suggested possibly tonight my, my thought would be you have that topic but then you have three separate committees that'd be parks and recs cultural arts and environmental sustainability and not not committees three separate boards parks and rec board a cultural arts board and a sustainability advisory board or environmental sustainability board and have three separate boards, you still have a total of 10. We've met the city's goal of not having more than 10 separate boards, but um, under that topic of unmistakable identity, rather than pulling in all of those duties of each of those boards, you would just have three separate boards that serve that topic. But I like the idea that there's some interaction so it sounds like, let me, I think I'm about ready to, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 You, yes. you get ready to swing. Because <laughs> <laughs> I missed last meeting, I apologize for that, but I'm on the road, I can only drive the, the posted speed limit. So. <laughs> I think you guys had some conversation about whether Parks and Recreation and Lawrence Cultural Arts Commission could be merged. I don't sit on either one of those, but as I look at them, I think there seems like there's a real possibility for some amazing cross-pollinization there. And there I'll stop. You go. <laughs> Dan Smith, yeah, I, I agree. I, I feel like last time we discussed this, well, I, I came at it pretty, with pretty, feeling pretty certain that the two couldn't just be combined. Um, the things that, that they, they cover um, are, are disparate enough, and they're also, I know this for a fact, but now, but they're also both pretty busy. Um, if, if they covered disparate things, but both had a pretty light load, I feel like they could potentially be combined, and, and that would still make sense as one board. Um, Stan also brought up before in, in discussing combining the two into an MSA identity board, and then having two subcommittees, we're, we're essentially just making turning two boards into three boards, which I, I agree with. I do, I do agree, though, that there is opportunity for cross-pollination. Um, because I was pretty sure that the two boards couldn't really mesh, I went ahead and attended um, a, a Parks and Recreation Advisory Board. Unfortunately, John, you, you, were, you weren't there for that one, so I couldn't see you lead the, uh, lead the ship. But um, it, was, it was a long meeting. Uh, it, was very, it, was relative, it was very interesting. What, uh, the things they discussed weren't always <laughs> totally things I'm into. Uh, but it, it, was a very, it was a very full agenda. Um, they went about things in a, in a very um, uh, efficient way. 
Um, but and, and there were a couple of moments where there was interesting thing, interesting opportunities where it's like, oh, you know, talking about some of the open spaces, talking where where there could be an opportunity, I think, for some of that cross pollination. And I, I think the idea of potentially having like yeah, maybe like a quarterly uh, opportunity to meet and discuss or, or or something so that those those boards would be a little bit more involved with each other would definitely be beneficial um, quarterly. Uh, I'm, I'm very wary given the amount of time that individuals are on those boards currently serving. I mean, for me and my, my group, we had, a, we had an extra meeting last month and we have three subcommittees already that meet. And so I, I would be worried with the quarterly. And quarterly is an ask that could maybe work. I, I, I am worried about turning like a cultural arts commission appointment into being like a sprawling, you know, 15 hour a month obligation. But I, I think that I definitely agree that the two, I think, could interact more. Um, and that would be a really positive outcome. Uh, but I, I am still dubious of the combination. Um, so so that's, that's definitely where I am. And I agree that like we were already below 10. So I don't necessarily feel uh, that we have too much pressure there. And as far as, Stan, you're bringing up environmental s sustainability, are you, are you just Bringing that up now because it's sort of listed underneath unmistakable identity here, or on this on this page, or do you feel like environmental sustainability is really tied to those, or are you just, are you just bringing it up because you, you also feel like it would be make sense as a standalone? I think it would make sense as a standalone, but I I started to think well, so could Parks and Rec, so could the cultural arts, so maybe under the topic of unmistakable identity, what what's our unique identity in Lawrence? Well, we do care about our parks and rec. We do care about our arts. And we do care about the environment. And those could be three separate boards under that topic. They wouldn't have to be subcommittees of, a, of another board. They could just be three separate boards. And maybe once a year or twice a year, they come to, all three of them come together and mm -hmm. talk the the staff, liaison for each of those boards have worked to put together a unified agenda that allows, you know, that kind of focuses on the overlap between the three. We could use the word summit. A summit. Ooh, I like that. People love that word. I, I will, yeah. I, I felt like they could be three separate boards, but maybe under that heading. I think that, that seems really positive. And I, I did, yeah, since I did attend a Parks Recreation Advisory Board just to try and, like, you know, make sure my, you know, I wasn't just going off of an, an assumption. The other thing I want to say, which I feel like reinforces the notion that those two parts of unmistakable identity make sense as separate, is that Parks and Recreation is actually beginning a, uh, a master plan process. Um, they're bringing in some consultants, and that's the, a, a pretty large um, process, which is just kicking off. And for that, they have a consulting firm who's going to be coming in, and that consulting firm has extra extra consultants that they've brought in who are specifically arts and culture. So there's sort of two, two separate consulting groups, which I feel like reflects the fact that the, the subject expertise is, is different enough that they, they couldn't just have one group of consultants covering, covering both, both areas. So that also sort of reassured me that my, my gut instinct was, was correct there. Um, but I do like, I mean, when you said quarterly, I mean, for me, I would, I would make it work. Um, I think quarterly seem, seems plausible, and I definitely think there is there's room for... Well, there, there is, you know, I mean, like when you think about entrance to the city, is that parks and rec, landscaping, or is it arts? I mean, don't you, we want, you know, I want, I want both. 
you know, I want that to be really cool. Or, you know, that, that great art piece out by the police station, you know, that thing is really impressive. The disco dome? Yeah. yeah. I like it. And then I, I, so I asked Derek, I asked Punkson, I said, God, can we do some landscaping around there so that it makes it, you know, a gathering places? We don't have the irrigation system uh, infrastructure. Well, if that had been talked about ahead of time, mm -hmm. I, I don't think it was. I mean, that's why I see there are connections. They're separate, but they're connections. And, and we need we need maybe structurally nice to reinforce the connections as well as appreciate the differences. You know, Danny Smith, and talking about sort of the, the equity and inclusion board, I feel like that kind of ties back into it too. I think that a, a stated goal for all of the suggestions we're making involves, I mean, this might be extra staff time, but involves like increasing the capacity for boards to to not just live in their own little worlds, but to have more more interaction. I think a lot of the boards could benefit from interacting with other boards, especially since, as we said, like equity inclusion and sound fiscal stewardship, those things are not just in, you know happening in one room once a month. Those are things that should be throughout all of the boards and, and commissions. So I think that think looking at things is more of a, and we'll get to that obviously with the procedures and stuff, but trying to not just reshape the boards themselves, but reshape how they, how they exist and how they interact. It's a it's a positive way to to look at um, getting over some of these like technicalities as far as which how many or, or which boards are combined and, and things like that. What if we what if the city sponsored a uh, a board advisory board summit where all the boards mm -hmm. gather. Together. You'd be chasing cats, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think that would be kind of cool. But I think, like, I need a full time staff office, member for that. Listen up, Greg. would be really cool. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think there's fertile, fertile ground there yeah. to bring those people together yeah. four times a year. Yeah. I think that'd be really, really interesting. Mm -hmm. So we just made work for staff, so mm -hmm. we're going the wrong That's direction okay. now. Well, <laughs> some of that might come out in um, when, we, when we get to the public. How, what this public forum is going to look like. This discussion, I think, will come back in terms of how we're going to present it. Mm -hmm. um, so if, if you don't mind, maybe we should tackle this so we can get to that public meeting. So uh, so this is the, we also. Did we res resolve this, though? I mean, what are we going to yeah. we, we, Well, those are the questions we want to bring to the public. That's kind of how we left it. And so when we get to talking about the public information, maybe we can bring that back and discuss how it is specifically to present that, those questions we have to get meaningful feedback, as Hannah put it so nicely. I think I would, I would propose that we, we do what Stan said, that these are three separate boards under mistakable identity, and then ask a specific question to the community of whether this is I was, gonna, I was just going to ask this, and you might already have this. So, yeah, I think the argument's been made that Parks and Rec, Cultural Arts Commission, they have a large enough workload <coughs> and distinct enough mandates that, you know, they, they're left as is. Yeah. But regarding environmental sustainability, so it, it's distinct enough and busy enough. It doesn't fit under... Um, like 
prosperity, economic security, or something like that? No. No? So fast. I was just asking. Mm -hmm. I don't have a strong mm -hmm. opinion about it. I was just asking. We need. It's a long sentence. Mm. It crosses really all good. of them. It's. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I would agree with you agreeing with me. <laughs> uh, but I think it would be good to get feedback from the public as to if we if we make a proposal to them rather than just asking them, hey, what right. should we do? If we say our proposal is under this topic of unmistakable identity having three separate boards, it would be good to get feedback on that. Can I be clear on what the three separate boards are? I, that's where I'm on. Parks and Rec, Cultural Arts, Environmental sustainability. Environmental sustainability is going to fall under unmistakable identity. As a, all as a they would those would be separate boards under that topic, not a board, an unmistakable identity board, but that under that topic there would be three separate boards. Okay. Yeah, there's no there's no unmistakable identity board. Right. Environmental sustainability wasn't listed under there. It was oh, yeah. its own standalone board anyway? from what you had discussed last time and that well, was unresolved right so unresolved so it's the same thing it's still same thing Those still is a okay. separate board parks and rec boards, board. Arts, environmental sustainability okay i think it, the suggestion was just that we just put it under that topic but that topic is not a gotcha. official title of a board okay is there some kind of new relationship between parks and rec and the arts now seems like in one of these presentations, I thought I saw the head of Parks and Rec. There, what is that? I don't understand. There's a steering committee now that Darren is in charge of. And that steering committee, as they know, is, 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 is supposed to, it's made up of arts people and Arts people and a few others too, right? DMB Smith, yeah. So essentially, with this strategic plan and and you know all the outcomes that it set, set out, um, that unmistakable identity uh, component was considered to be the purview of Parks and Recreation, and so Parks and Recreation are they're the champions for unmistakable identity, and then the Cultural Arts Commission um, is very clearly unmistakable identity. So that is now under the larger umbrella of Parks and Recreation. Which is why the, these two two boards are both in that unmistakable identity. So there's a steering, there's a steering committee, and that <coughs> that steering committee is working with a consultant who is parts and rec consultant, but with this addition of a consultant who is the arts uh, expert. So they're supposed to put do they each have their own budget and they each have their own well, department head and they operate separately or Smith. I think so so Parks and Recreation is is led by Derek Rogers. Right. And there is a a specific porter is is the art that leads the arts and culture component, uh, which is within Parks and Recreation. So um, and so, that was that was a deliberate um, move, right? So, the arts is part of Parks and Rec now. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, the 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 Cultural Arts Commission is our, our liaison is the, the arts director. I'm sorry, I don't want to get Porter's title wrong. It's Porter, the art 
director of? Yeah, so yeah. within the city manager's office, it used to be that um, Porter was actually hired to do arts and culture. Okay, so he was the director. The city, during some times of budget reduction, um, eliminated the communications position, said, hey, why don't you do that too? I'm, I'm abbreviating and I didn't live through it, but Porter did, certainly. Uh, and uh, so we've now said, hey, we're gonna go back to his expertise and we've enhanced and, and put resources towards a specific communications director position. And he's become the assistant director of parks and recreation for the arts and culture. So, so arts and culture is part of parks and rec? That's, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I want to understand. Yes. Arts yeah. and culture is part of unmistakable identity, <laughs> which, which is currently run. It was currently championed by the director of Parks and Rec. But Parks and Rec is not all that unmistakable identity is, right? It's bigger than that. To Daniel's point. Yeah, let me let me also. I mean, I don't, I don't know how useful it is, but I, there there are two different things happening. The, the strategic plan is giving us a direction. That's what the city is in business to do. There's five outcomes. Those outcomes have teams, outcome teams that meet regularly. You call it a steering committee. It's actually an outcome team. All of the outcomes have outcome teams. And they have staff usually, but also unmistakable identity has gone to the step of inviting a lot of stakeholder groups in as part of their, their team. Most of the other outcome teams are just staff. Okay, so that's a little bit confusing, I know, but that's something that's happening. Aside from that, we have our whole established organizational chart, which is also aligned with the budget, which is traditional and has police, fire, parks and recreation, planning and development services. Um, so those still are in place. We still have an organizational structure and chart and reporting responsibilities and relationships that aren't necessarily built around the strategic plan, but the people that are a part of that have responsibility for execution of the strategic plan. So some of these changes are just the strategic, we're trying to adapt to the strategic plan, which is what we're now in business to do. But it doesn't mean that we're going to stop having a police department. So one of the one of the moves was to say, "Hey, most of the work seems to be parks and recreation and arts and culture. Why do we have a, somebody in city manager's office sometimes doing some of that work and sometimes spending some of that budget? And there's all this associated work that's happening in parks, mostly in parks and recreation." this work is combined really so let's get them all together and I think the uh, arts and culture board uh, was um, a little um, was a little anxious to have the expertise that Porter offers in that space okay I'm sure I over answered here but no thank you I wanted to understand Okay, so are we ready to move on to the rules and regs and ethics? 
So I just made the changes that you all asked for last time, underline those. I didn't put the ethics policy back on because there wasn't any changes that you recommended other than a typo, and I think it was like a two-letter word. So um, this is just, I mean, I can go through them, or if you all want to look to make sure it mates what you remember in our conversation, I can't imagine this would take too long to get through. This is John Albanian. I had a couple of, couple of points. Um, in the in the cover, the cover sheet. That's the engagement. Oh, we're just looking at the resolution now. Yeah. Okay. So I had a couple of points, and I just wanted to point out that on number seven, this this communications A and B, that that is that is really important because I don't think board mem I don't think that board members understand that their communication with the council, with the commission, is through minutes and all that kind of kind of stuff. I mean, I know it's here, it's stated, I just want to make, let people know this is an underappreciated uh, uh, set of uh, knowledge. And then the other thing was on the training. I think in the training area there should be information about the strategic plan and where the where the uh, board's commissions fit into the strategic plan would that be within the onboarding program and training that has to be yeah, completed. That's what I would I mean that's what I would put it so that they so that the board members understand, you know, where their board is in relationship to the strategic to the strategic plan. And you know, even me, I was really it, I was like this like, how are we supposed to communicate with the city commission? I don't have a, I don't we don't have any communication with the city commission. And then finally I realized even with my own experience, I realize, oh, it's through these minutes and all that stuff. Okay, I get it. So you're suggesting under training add item F, that's city strategic plan. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Sounds good. Yeah. And I, I, I still want a clarification under communications for C, C advisory boards and commissions. Um, do not have the authority to direct city commissioner staff to take action. I just want to make sure that just because for planning commission, we are often asking staff to look into this. We, at the, and I swear, in minute, I've seen at the direction of the planning commission, um, staff has uh, recommended this particular text amendment to. We talked about this so, last time. Yeah. And so had a recommendation for someone had a recommendation. Well, I just know that we do at times seem to direct staff Except to do as things. Otherwise so. accepted by the governing body. Because clearly in, in planning commission, yeah, I mean, there's quite a bit going back and mm -hmm. forth between the planning commission and staff, but right. what they're talking about there is what we were talking about just a little while ago. 
you know, where mm -hmm. uh, the Board of mm -hmm. Zoning Appeals mm -hmm. tells staff, you know, hey, we don't think we should have zoning laws anymore, so work, work right. on something there. I just don't want to preclude the, the, the sort of back and forth that happens at the Planning Commission. Yeah, so you could just put a caveat or accept as otherwise directed by the governing body. Yeah, I, th I think we were going to suggest the language and we didn't. So um, on, on the fly, I would suggest, let me work on something. I'll bring it back to you in just a second. Okay. So I would suggest, too, in addition to that, that when you're looking at these, it's they're, they're inclusive and work together. So if the commission is giving you direction to do certain things through the priorities and the charge of a planning commission, then work that you're giving to staff is related to that. You can, you, you're doing the work that the commission has directed you to do. Certainly can clarify it more, but obviously you have assigned work and priorities the commission has provided. And the work you're doing is related to that. It is at the direction of the commission. The way, the way I kind of interpret this is that you can't order them to do something. Right, and I get that, but I just, because it but, just seemed to fly in the face but, of. Right, I think you're right. On, when I was on planning commission, you do direct staff to, oh, can you get us more information on this? Or right. those, those terms are used in the minutes. And, or, and we requested the, this, that staff look into the wind regulations. I mean, that was a commission directed. Next yeah, amendment. So. Smith, I mean, my understanding, mm -hmm. and I had step out, so maybe I missed part of the conversation, but, um, and we always, this is how we always say it in the Full Charts Commission, that we very politely request yeah. that the staff <laughs> might do something, and if they tell us that that's outside of their own possibility or, mm -hmm. or exceeds their capacity, that's, that's kind of where that and is. We do have that back and forth. It just this seemed kind of stark, and I just want to make sure that it didn't preclude the regular back and forth that we have. May request, but not direct. Mm -hmm. So, but I'm not a lawyer, so whatever. Under the norm section in section 11, there is a provision um, F. 11F says questions and/or requests should be directed to this to the city staff. So that seems to imply that you can make requests. You should always okay. be able to make requests. Yeah. And, I, and I also would say under B, it says through the approved its work plans, progress reports, or formal recommendations. Again, the Planning Commission will look at, it might have to be different, but if you have a recommendation of wanting staff to take up that work, that could be approved by the Commission prior to. Like, this is our formal recommendations, our progress report. These are the things we want them to work on. Once that is sort of approved, then obviously you would be directing staff to do that work. Or not directing, but they would be assisting in that work. And if I think, and actually some of those requests do go through the City Commission. Yeah. Right? That when the Planning Commission makes a request for something? Could you, could you just put a section in yeah. here after take action and almost restate a little bit of A where it's not otherwise assigned work priorities or other specific direction from the city commission? So you tie it back to, like you said, it's all of the things. So you're tying it back to A. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I just wanted to put, yeah. Yeah, we can think about that. I would say, 
outside of the scope of their official purpose is the language I was playing with. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the concern is, in, you're visualizing a lot of the work that's happened in the Planning Commission, visualize public safety. I want you, Chief, to assign right. foot patrol to this neighborhood next week. No, I get that's the intent yeah. of this, but I didn't want it to... Um, so I think outside the scope of the official purpose. <clears throat> or a strategic plan, right? I mean, we don't want a board to be directing staff to do something that's outside of a priority established by the commission or not in furtherance of a commission priority because we're staff's directive that we are not supposed to work on anything that isn't in the strategic plan. And so if we have a group of citizens that maybe aren't familiar with the strategic plan and want us to take on new initiatives, we're kind of stuck in the middle of our our employer is telling us we do this. So, you know, we have to balance that. This is Hannah Ballard. I'll tack on to that, Tony, from a staff perspective. So think about staff work not just as the work of your liaison, but sometimes when you push something forward, an initiative forward, um, it can reach a point um, at City Commission where they might have questions about community engagement, for example. But that work never went through the official channels to arrive in our community engagement office. And so it takes us by surprise, and it's very hard to account for because the work has already been prioritized, right? And all the hours in the day are taken up. So the checks and balances of it going through commission and or Craig is really important for staff to be able to deliver on our commitments and deliver to you all as folks who are giving up your time and expertise to help us drive our strategic plan forward. So that checks and balances can just be really helpful to staff beyond the liaison role. I get most of this could probably be covered by just request for information for what we do. But there have been those instances. So, other comments within this resolution? I'll point out there was questions about speaking with one voice. I pulled some draft additional language to clarify that. We can either just completely strike it out if you're content with that or not. Um, it's P, it is item 11P under norms. There were some questions about what that meant and clarity and we discussed it. This helps clarify it, but again, we can, if that's not helpful or too specific or you all decide you're not wanting it in, just let me know. I like that clarifying language. Um, so here's me being nitpicky. Um, so let's see. Resolution adopting standard policies and procedures related to policy advisory boards. So essentially this is all about standards and policies and procedures regarding advisory boards. But for instance, Board of the Zoning Appeals, that's not an advisory board, that, that's an adjudicatory body. So it would be effectively outside of this. I'm sorry, where are, you, where are you looking at? I'm just pointing out that, so this is regarding advisory bodies that the city appoints, but some of the, some of the bodies, some of the commissions, boards, et cetera, that the city, the mayor, the city commission would appoint aren't advisory bodies. They're like in the court, in the case of zoning appeals, they're, they're, that's an adjudicatory body.
Well, I think we're talking about folding the BZA into a new. Um, so when it, once it's folded over, then. Yes, I mean the the roles or the responsibilities of the BZA aren't going to change. That committee will just have to perform those responsibilities in addition to others. And then it would conform. Yes, and it certainly wasn't our intent to have the title in any way exclude the BZA from. I was just, yeah, I think your explanation makes a lot of sense. And these will be changing to some degree, not the basics, but just the structure. Once we know what that structure finally looks like, we'll actually have to draft. I mean, Tony's office will be working to draft that ordinance that sets the structure, which then will maybe impact some of these things may be included in that. But just starting to get it in a format for you all to consider. But some of just whether it falls in the ordinance or the resolution, certain aspects may change based on how the structure lands. Comment on that. Okay, I think I had a comment on on item number five vacancies in the draft that we reviewed last month there were suggestion to put in like a, a specific time limit on vacancies so it says right now the mayor with advice and consent of city commission may ask members to retain their position at the expiration of the term until a replacement is appointed and we had suggested or I know we, I suggested 90 days rather than an indefinite term. Uh, okay. I'm Can that lead to some mischief on the part of the mayor? Okay. I, I really want this person to stay on there. Their term's expired, but I'm not going to appoint anybody to fill it. So they just get to stay on indefinitely until I. Well, with the consent of the city commission, the person can stay on because it's advice and consent. So you think that would take care of the mischief part? Yes. So the commission would have to yeah, so confer? Yeah, so if voted, if the majority commissioner said, hey, this person, their term has expired, a replacement hasn't been named, but they're just sitting there, and we can't just keep going like this. And I think pursuant to this, it was vote by a majority, and that person would be done. OK. What do, you, what do you think, Tony? Is that a, is he, because it says I, I think consent? You could, you could add um, a timeline in there if you wanted to, but it is correct. On any Tuesday night, this, a, a city commissioner could raise that issue or um, could request that it be placed on the agenda. And um, the commission could decide as a whole that that, that person should uh, should not hold over and a new person replace them. Okay, so maybe not as mischievous as I thought. <laughs> yeah, the, um, the mayor currently as, as it's operating now, the mayor sort of acts as an administrative gatherer and, and putting names forward to the commission, but it really is appointments are um, not, they're not confirmed until the full commission votes and agrees. Anything to add to that. Right. And but in, in, this, in the scenario, I was thinking of the mayor just never brings up a name. 
never recommends anybody for appointment, just keeps that person on. And that person could keep going and going. Yeah, by, yeah, they could. But it would have to be at the consent of the city commission. So if the city commission... At some point, one of the commissioners could get tired of that and raise it at a meeting. For a vote. Okay. And so under 5B, it does say the city commission has a duty to fill vacancies in a timely manner. And that's to respond to all of them. So the mayor can't delay, but also commissioners can't choose not to vote to fill a vacancy, to leave it vacant. So they have a duty to fill those. I think that's just, let's say you have a big issue you're working on, you're about to come to a decision and somebody leaves a position and, and, and their term ends and it may take months to fill it. I mean, I think it just leaves that flexibility to not have they, to have someone stay in the position until or if you don't what if you didn't have a quorum to at least leave one of someone in there so they could still meet until they have time to fill that vacancy because we have had three individuals vacate a board within a matter of months and we're very close to not having a quorum so it would it would allow the board to stay intact till they had board. time to fill it <laughs> my board right now if, if we don't have 100% attendance, we don't have a quorum. And, it, and again, it is with the approval of the commission. If, if The that. only other thing I, I wanted to ask about this was under communications. It, it, it says that, you know, the policy boards, commissions, and other policy advisory bodies receive direction from the city commission via the city strategic plan. Is there going to is there, I feel like there should be an annual check-in with the city commission that we should be getting, that all of these boards should be getting some sort of nod of the head or direction from the city commission uh, at least annually. I feel like the staff person should be presenting to the city commission, this is the major topics that this board plans to address during the coming year and have the city commission nod their heads and say yeah that sounds good we support that or the city commission should be directing we want you to focus on that and i feel like here's our opportunity to say that this needs to happen annually not just every five years or when a particular issue arises that's when they get around to giving direction. I, I feel like we should put a, a requirement in here to force the city commission to look at each of these boards on an annual basis. You disagree? Oh, I would violently disagree. No, I wouldn't violently disagree. <laughs> but, uh, I, you know, city commissioners, mayor, look, at, I got enough to do. I don't, you know, I'm only interested in the boards when something specific is going to come up and, you know, I'm going to rely on the manager to tell me something about this and that and the board, but, you know, I'm, I'm not monitoring the work of the boards. Okay. It seems to me every time I watch a city commission meeting, some board is given a 20-minute presentation with some PowerPoints and stuff. Mm -hmm. Don't they take turns or is that just willy-nilly? The, those are our outcome teams reporting. So that's the champion of each outcome team is giving a report, and that's something we've instituted. Um, that could be also a venue, and sometimes we do have um, uh, appointed 
boards and commission members in attendance. Um, I think there's been some participation, so that's certainly something that could be also considered if they were had an interest. Um, th those are things that we've been doing proactively for the last couple of years. Yeah, Smith, I have three questions, mostly pertaining to sort of vacancies and uh, membership. First of which is, I know that it says timely manner for appointments, but I'm, and I, I can't imagine, I guess simultaneously can't imagine that we would set a, a time limit for the mayor to appoint someone, but it would be nice if there was, I don't know, some sort of conception of how long, what timely manner means, at least for me, I'm curious what that means, um, because I know that historically there have been situations where it, I, it would it would not meet my definition of, of timely for, for for appointing somebody uh, when when there are people in the queue. Um, so that's my, my first sort of question, open-ended question. The second one is I, I know that as far as appointing people to uh, boards and commissions, somebody applies through the, the city's website, um, and then three years later, an opening comes up. The mayor, I, I believe, can see everybody who's applied. I don't know. I don't think that there's like a cutoff. It's not just the people who applied in the past year, it's everybody who's applied. So they could potentially look back and, and say, oh, this person from three years ago. Um, and I don't know if that's, that doesn't necessarily like set off any alarm bells for me, but I do think it's interesting that that applications don't have no expiration. Um, I just think that it would be, I'd be curious to hear what other people think about that. The third thing I actually do care a little bit more about, and that has to do with the um, definition of, of a quorum for any group. I realize that as of right now, a quorum is based on the, the, the number of folks, uh, number of positions on a board, and that, has, that can cause problems, and I'm not a lawyer. Um, but I, I'm curious if that could, if there's any world in which that could be changed so that a quorum is simply based off the number of current serving members on a, on a body. Obviously that would get very strange if it got down to two or three people. But if, um, if the quorum just doesn't adjust based on vacancies, I feel like that also seems to cause, cause some issues, and especially when there's extended vacancies. So I'm curious if there's a world in which we could have a, a, a adjustable quorum based on how many people actually are on the board. Nope. It's impossible. Not permitted under Kansas law, mm. according to the Kansas Attorney General and court cases interpreting the Open Meetings Act. We, we have a problem. Right for mischief is. is. Mm -hmm. We have a problem on the SAB because a few months ago we said that we, our quorum was increased to six people instead of five. We used to say five people was a quorum, and we have, I think, ten people on our board, all right? And we said, okay, six, we changed our bylaws to say six is a quorum. And shortly after that, we had a bunch of people resign. We have six people left on the Sustainability Advisory Board. We have to have 100% attendance now, or we have to change our bylaws again <laughs> so that we can have a quorum with five. But you need a quorum to change the bylaws. We do, we do. So last month, we only had five people that could attend the meeting, so we had to cancel our meeting. But it, it does cause a problem, and it can cause a problem if you've got a small number of board members. And I know we had talked about maybe seven board members. 
for these boards making some sort of recommendation like that, but it can cause challenges. And the reason, just so we know, the reason that we increased our quorum size was so that we could have a subcommittee meeting with more members and not be in violation of the open meetings requirements. So if our subcommittee had, I don't know, three people show up or four people, then we were not in violation of the open meeting law was the rationale behind that. I don't know how well that sits with the counselor, but that was the rationale behind it. Well, that's the answer to one of Daniel's questions. That was pretty easy, cut and dry. Debbie um, Smith, yeah, and I guess maybe uh, right, right, instead of specifically asking if we could have an uh, adjustable quorum, um, maybe just shining a light on the fact that, that there clearly have been some issues with groups butting up against their quorum and, and entering into this, like, I mean, honestly, very precarious predicament. Um, so I think that that, I'm just curious if there's any, any other ideas. I, I, I will admit I don't have an idea to fix it, but it seems like a problem that exists or at least has, has existed. Uh, if I could I, just interject real yeah. quick, can we have a couple minutes discussion, then take a break, and then we really have to get on yeah. to the um, okay, public meeting. Uh, so. I think that part of their board's problem is lack of agenda and direction of what, what your purpose is. I think. Board of Zoning Appeals does not have this issue. Planning Commission does not have this issue. I think you see where there is defined mission, defined outcome, what we're trying to accomplish. I think you have higher attendance, and I think by scaling this down to 10, I think we will naturally probably solve a lot of the core issues that you see at these boards. We scaled it down to nine. <laughs> Good. Yeah. And, and the nature of you know, hundreds of people that the city commission, the mayor has to find and talk into doing some of these positions that aren't where the action is, I think that's part of it too. Okay, I guess, you know, that's some of that stuff will happen and it's harder to, without the passion that drives them into it. So, sorry, I'm curious if you, anybody else has any feelings about the timely manner uh, as far as appointments and if you've had any experience with that and then also uh, I am curious, I've, it's not stated anywhere in here, but I'm pretty sure that uh, applica applications do not expire for boards and commissions. So that if, I mean, That's accurate. They stay there for the, for the mayor to review any application. Do you know how far back that applicant, like, how far back that goes? I can look while you're discussing the vacancies. <laughs> I remember when we, you know, we did that survey and we asked, how did you come to your board? And I remember really being taken aback. I don't know what percentage I thought it was going to break down. It's like I was recruited by the mayor, city commissioner. I just signed up, you know, through the portal. And it was like, you know, what was it? It was certainly like four to five, you know, four out of five. And it probably was more like eight out of ten. You know, which way? Oh, wait, that's where I arrived. <laughs> so anyway, but but I mean, it was really surprising to me that clearly the mayor and the other commissioners were out beating bushes full time, yeah. full time, yeah. to fill those those vacancies. And so it, it makes sense to me that well, let's go back into the stack here and start thumbing through and see if we can't. I mean, wow. I would, I would anticipate the timely manner would solve itself for exactly what Craig was saying, what we're saying. That I, 
if we're not trying to find 100 people to serve on these boards, but we're trying to find 10% of that, I think the tithing matter will solve itself pretty quickly. And, that, and I'm defining the time frame. I, I don't think we're not trying to put people on boards. I know we've, we've had a lot of vacancies on the Special Alcohol Tax Advisory Board. Just, just the facts of it. I don't think no one's not trying to put people on it. Just finding people willing to serve on that particular board without particular without a defined mission is really tough. So, do we need to take action on this? I think. I, I I'm thinking we should probably have just a vote on that we approve the resolution to go up to the recommend to the city commission. Think we'll, well, are you wanting to do that because you're going to get public input on it and yeah, then first have public input? But if this is what you want to show to the public, okay. Is there right. any changes that you want to, to see to set and see that you guys decide, decided on? Did we go with Craig's recommendation of, of official business or leave it as is for seven C? So I had outside the scope of their specific purpose, or and then. That's what Craig had suggested. And then adding city strategic plan under training. Okay. Those were the yep. two big changes. Yeah. Okay. So let's take a restroom break real quick. Great. And then get on to the Path out So, Hannah, did you have? Some introductory remarks. Oh, sure. I, <laughs> I can find some introductory <laughs> remarks, certainly. Uh, yeah, so um, the next thing on our agenda is to think about um, what we want the public engagement for this particular project to look like. Um, I've made some suggestions to you all, both in the agenda, draft agenda, and in the draft roles and responsibilities document, just to help us think about when we might do this, how we might do this, where, who might be involved, and in what ways. Um, I think that so far we've already decided that for the questions that will be used both in the digital questionnaire and in the breakout groups that we potentially might host as part of the public engagement, that we're going to expand those questions to include um, the, the, the conversations around what we do with commitment boards that have sort of risen to the surface as potential standalone policy of boards. I heard there was a desire to sort of take the temperature on that. And then... Um, so I think I think basically those questions are gonna are gonna grow, and I, I open it up to the group to talk about those questions more. But just marking that I did hear that earlier in the conversation that we want to find a way to ask folks what they think about particular boards too that Sherry's gonna send me notes on, which is you know TGT stuff and so on and so forth. But um, yeah, other than that, I will I will open it up to questions. Any specific questions that you have, I won't bore you by going through all of this line by line. But. Mm -hmm. My only uh, uh, observation was um, there are references to the strategic plan. <coughs> so is there going to be enough information so people know about the strategic plan and the different mm -hmm. levels and so on and so forth? Yeah, great question, Hannah Ballard. Uh, we talked about this while you are out, Craig. Um, so if we are going to invite people into a public meeting and ask them to um, 
weigh in on questions that you all have spent five or six meetings, four or five or six meetings grappling with, we're gonna have to do some work to set them up to be able to meaningfully engage in those questions. So there will have to be some work done to, uh, to explain what is an outcome, what is a commitment, what is our strategic plan. So we'll find a way to work that into the presentation and we can talk about who is best suited to deliver that, okay. that bit. It's gonna be very important. Yeah, I think that's great for the community anyway. It's great for all of us to, to have that. So. That was really the only comment I had, just to echo what John said, is I think it's going to be real important to have a, a slide or two that talks about the strategic plan and say, this is where the names for these boards came from, because otherwise people are going to get hung up on, why are you calling this a strong, welcoming neighborhood commission board? You know, and just say it, it directly comes from the strategic plan. That's why it's named this. These are the functions that are going to go on or the topics that are going to be covered under it. So yeah. I think if you can just tie that in in a slide or two, yeah. you'll save yourself a lot of headache of having to explain that over and over again at a public meeting. You can distill all that down, right, into about two minutes? <laughs> uh, well, I started working on, actually, it's a musical play version by like Hamilton of our strategic plan. It's really exciting. Do a long solo rap, too. Mm -hmm. uh, Craig's been taking singing lessons as but well, so. I think, the challenge for you, I think the challenge for you guys is you're so close to it, you yeah. know it intimately, and so you've got all this detail. But I think for the public, you just need to hit the highlights. These are the... These are the outcomes, these are the commitments, these are the ones that we keyed on, these names, these categories are what we keyed on for the creation of these new boards and what we're presenting to you is under that category, here's the functions that we, and topics that that board will cover. And this is where we got those names from. So you could tell them, don't get hung up on the name. It came directly from the strategic plan. Look at what the functions are that are underneath of it and how they've been grouped together. Yeah, it, and it's more, more than just for this purpose. I mean, we need it for our employees. We did an employee survey recently, and we know there's a lot of communication work with them and understanding it. They're not opposed to it. They just don't know how it ties to their work, and it does, but we need to do that work. So there's a lot that we're already kind of stewing on right now on that. But I think a, you know, I'm thinking a, a little video you know, graphic kind of thing that, that takes everybody through that quickly. The 90-second version of their strategic plan probably has some value. I just would like to know what our responsibilities are because it says there will be a facilitator and a note-taker. Um, are we facilitating, like, are we in, in pairs? Do you, when you prepared this, did you envision us in pairs at tables with one of us a facilitator and a note-taker? I did, yes. <laughs> yes, because at this point, we talked about this last time, you all are our subject matter experts, right? So um, we will uh, lean on that subject matter expertise to, in breakout groups, lead people through a facilitated discussion about the recommendations that you all have come up with. So the, the only thing I have is what you brought up of us adding a, a question about the commitment area. I think I would tend to, what, what, if, if we ask the question, what would we hope that response to be? And if, if we have a response, what is our action that we would take after that? So is our action, if someone says, I don't think it makes sense to have an environmental sustainability advisory board. We sat here for five, through five meetings, three hours apiece, trying to 
sift through this to figure out what the right path forward is. I'd be more inclined to, to, to leave that out. We have an explanation at the beginning. Don't get hung up on the titles. These are the boards, just like you said. Here's the presentation, and then leaving them as the questions as you currently have. That's, that's nothing I have. Their thoughts? I don't. Proposed dates. Okay. Actually, I had a, a one a question in terms of the content that's, because not only is it going to be trying to figure out, to explain to everybody the strategic plan in your 90-second musical video, mm -hmm. uh, but depending on how this is outlined, when we came into this, all, each of us, we didn't know what some of these boards and commissions mm -hmm. did. And I know the public is certainly not going to know mm -hmm. what some of these boards and commissions. So how do we help them think about this and the topics that are now under each of these new titles. Mm -hmm. People don't know what the aviation board did or the mm -hmm. whatever board. I mean, how, how do we incorporate that without getting so bogged down in explaining what each and every board does? I think that'll be the work. That'll be the work. Um, but uh, keep coming back to the strategic plan. I would say keep coming back to those statements and to what the purpose of all of those outcome areas are and those commitment areas are and um, focus on that, stay focused on that. I mean, in public engagements, does it sometimes happen that someone gets very bogged down in the weeds and in a detail that they're really fixated on? Yes. Do you have to deal with that when it happens? Yes. But if we can steer the conversation towards back why we're doing this and high level how we arrived here, that's really the best we can do, you know, and ask for people to, to weigh in at the step that we're at right now on the question that we're asking them. So, so it's kind of a non-answer, but. <laughs> that actually happening in the breakout group without any um, introduction to that. So that, that is happening in the breakout group where that conversation about what these groups do yeah. Yes. All these existing boards and commissions, what their their tasks are, are now being folded into this other group. Mm -hmm. It's happening solely in here. Most likely, and then there'll be the group sense making session as well. So I'll just quickly walk through this. So we have we have a you know a welcome, getting everyone settled, um, and then we go into this presentation from the boards and commission structure committee on draft recommendations. What we're also going to do there is start with strategic plan 101 or strategic plan crash course or something like that, right? That really grounds people down in what their strategic plan is, um, and then most likely someone from this committee will need to give a presentation on how you arrived where you did and then what you're proposing, uh, and then we would move into breakout groups and again that'll be small tables um, and we can talk about space where we might do this in a bit small tables where each one will have a facilitator and a note taker and you will work through these predetermined set of questions and I think that probably will be a place where people will feel more comfortable raising like can you tell me a little bit more about what aviation advisory board does or why you put it here so you'll have those conversations in smaller groups then we'll do group sense making or report out where the facilitator from each table will um, sort of share the high-level takeaways from their group and we'll have a lead 
facilitator at the front who's capturing all that and trying to sort of sort it into categories or at least just capture it somewhere where everyone can visualize it all together. And then most likely after that group sense making session, you're going to have more questions, right? Because people are going to have talked in their small groups. They're going to heard what others have had to say. And then they're going to be like, okay, let's, let's ask questions. So I save some space for questions there on agenda item five. And then you always close by talking about obviously next steps and what you're going to do with their feedback and any other opportunities that they might have to engage. Um, you know, I think um, from my perspective, what will be important is to let people know that um, whatever we decide is not going to, it's not going to happen tomorrow. You know, the structures may change, but the behaviors and the mindset probably are not going to change for some time. It's going to take new appointments with, you know, with different mindsets and so on and so forth. Because I think if, if people come in saying, I'm, on the member, I'm a member of, of the airport board, this is not going to work for us, meaning tomorrow this is not going to No, I, that's not what I want to know. What I want to know is, can we transition to this in three years, five years? What will this look like? Will, is this a good way to look at the future? I appreciate that, John. Yeah, I, I hope that one of the questions here is if the recommendations were implemented as they currently stand, what does the city and the committee need to pay attention to in order to ensure a successful implementation and transition to a new structure? That's a wordy question. But I hope that that, that services some of that of change is gonna happen. How could we make change less painful? But to your point, yes, um, speaking directly to what might be perceived as a loss, I think, will be very important, or a change. I like I like the open-ended question about what do we need to be sensitive to. As we're, I think those are good questions because they allow people to comment, but they're not driving the comment one way or the other. Mm -hmm. I liked how you phrased them. Want to talk about logistics? Okay, so on this roles, draft roles and responsibilities document, I somehow got way too ambitious and said that we could possibly do this the week of May 8th through the 12th. That's not real. Don't know why I put that there. Uh, so I think May 15th through the 19th or May 22nd through the 26th are the first realistic dates that we could honestly um, have things ready to go. So I open that up to the group for feedback and discussion. In terms of space, I did check with Tony beforehand, and for the public engagement, there is no um, expectation that it be broadcast to the city's YouTube. So that opens up space opportunity for us in an exciting way. Uh, we could meet in Carnegie Hall. That's a really great option. It has AV already there. It's a beautiful space. Um, the only slight concern there is people sometimes complain about the parking availability, but it is a lovely space to host community engagement, so I recommend that as a top contender. Um, and then I think, so we'll talk about what date, talk about where, and then also I would encourage you all in this moment to talk about whether or not you want to try for um, a hybrid, a fully in-person, a fully virtual, or one in-person, one virtual option. 
What I'll add about hybrid meetings, if you're gonna do breakout groups, it becomes very hard to do that, to have meaningful small groups and to make sure that everyone has a consistent experience. So I don't mean to sway you too heavily. And also if we do hybrid, that limits where we can meet as well, because it we, we only have certain spaces that are set up for that. And so. to go all in. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, B. Smith, my preference is certainly to do in person and not hybrid. And I think mm -hmm. that if there is going to be, you know, like a, a video, some sort of educational component of it, and that these are the questions, and, and we have a set of questions, I think having an online component is nice, but mm -hmm. I don't know if that component needs to be bound to a specific date and time. I feel like having that be more open-ended so people can go take in the information, give their feedback whenever, whenever what, you know, suits them best. Works a little bit better than maybe, you know, having like a specific virtual session. Mm -hmm. or we could do a virtual session, but um, I would definitely prefer to have just in person and just virtual or just in person and then maybe have a virtual um, option that isn't you know, like a specific event and it's just sort of a rolling engagement opportunity. Uh, Daniel, do you feel like the questionnaire might stand in in that way or were you thinking something different? Um, I was just, I, I feel like the questionnaire could stand in for that, but I think having the ed educational component is also important to make sure folks have access to whatever, you know, short video and kind of presentation materials that we put together as far as informing people about the process yeah. in addition to making the questionnaire available. But, so that's my preference. That could go hand in hand, couldn't it? I mean, where you enter the questionnaire and there's the educational video presentation right there before you enter the questionnaire. And would that count as the fully virtual option as opposed to some giant Zoom meeting? Yeah, yeah. We can think about how to do asynchronous options for feedback that include some of the education that you're speaking to, Daniel, but um, don't involve you all hosting a, a big Zoom meeting. So let me see, a video introduction? Is there gonna be a video introduction? It sounds like there's there's some interest in that. Yeah, um, I will. And then the mayor should be involved. Mm -hmm. This should come from the mayor. This is what we want. Yeah, it also has implications on our videographers. <laughs> Uh, time, but we could probably make it happen. Yeah. I, I support an in-person meeting. I think that tends to be most effective. I think it's hard to have a virtual meeting where you're getting feedback and breakout groups. Yeah. I mean, in work, I've done some virtual meetings where we have breakout groups, and it's just difficult to get that dynamic interaction. It's not the same as being in person. I agree. That's been my experience. I know. I know. For access, for hybrid is very important, and we certainly want to invite as many people as we possibly can into this conversation. But for having a, a meaningful experience for attendees, especially if you want to do smaller group work, really, I think this in person, fully in person, is the best option. So, are we then picking a date? Yeah. Let's talk about dates. So we have two weeks to work with. The asynchronous could be going out 
starting one of those weeks but continue for how long would you allow it to continue for given our deadlines we could actually potentially if if we're feeling comfortable with the questions we could open mm. if we wanted to have the video though sorry i'm thinking this through in real time um I'd like to have the questionnaire open before the meeting so that there's some stuff trickling in that you all might want to have a look at before you enter into the public engagement space and then have it open through the in-person meeting so that if folks aren't able to attend, you can say, hey, that's okay if you weren't able to be here, we still have this survey open that you can go and take. And then it would close shortly after the in-person engagement. And then we would bring all that data together at our next meeting to grapple with it. Could we have a short board meeting, maybe the week of the 15th, to prep for the public meeting the week of the 22nd? Would that be possible? Do, do we need to come together to prep for that? Or are we can we walk out of here tonight and then show up at the public meeting? Just hand your lines. <laughs> Put on the lights. Let's go. How do others feel about that? I have thoughts, but I, I want to let I the group weigh in. I don't feel like I need to prep to facilitate. Okay. Or no I'm good. I'm available either week, mm -hmm. so. I, I wouldn't be advocating for another meeting. Okay. <laughs> Forget I said anything. <laughs> Uh, we so coordinate over email. So maybe it's given the, your timeline, so you, you think maybe the video could roll out starting the 15th, if that was a possible week, it would roll out during the, from the 15th through the 26th? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so during that time, and then we would wrap up with, wrap up that asynchronous feed by the end of the month or just that two weeks. We wrap up on the 26th yeah. and then decide when our next meeting is to grapple with the. Do you have a strategic video already in mind, Craig? Just out of curiosity, or is this something we're creating from scratch? I'm just trying to be realistic <laughs> about timeline. Uh, I think it's from scratch, unless Kurt can cobble together the 27 times that I gave it to boards and commissions. Um, but I don't think that's going to be as compelling as a real tight 90 minute. Thing, production so okay so when so, is the in-person meeting well that's what if we if the, we want the video to roll out somewhat before the in-person that's what I'm trying to get us when would that actually start so we could then sort of go from there so if we want the rollout to have happened three or four days at least maybe before our in-person meeting what's the realistic Ooh, I'm having a real struggle committing to this video right now. Yeah. To be honest, maybe the, the, the 90-second video show. that I was talking about—that's that's fine. <laughs> but the the 90-second video I'm talking about is the 90 seconds of what is the strategic plan, not that this is what we're going to do with this particular engagement. And so I don't, I don't know. I, I don't. I always and marveling at how quickly people turn things around. And it, it does take a lot of production. Even 90 seconds takes a lot of production. Yeah, just finding the content for it as well. Why don't you just copy in the five strategic plans into a slide, auto-roll it, voice over what it is, mm -hmm. and just 
Yeah, we could, we can do something very simple. Our videographer has very high standards and is very good at his job. And he will be like, Hannah, I'm very disappointed that you set me up to do this and I would put my name on it. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm really just thinking of him in this moment. And he, there's a lot going on with affordable housing right now that he's working on. But yes, we will strive very hard to be ready the week of May 15th. Communication piece, whether or not it's a video, we'll have a communication piece that gives a little summary of what this is. I think that's achievable. So I'm getting. Is, I mean, is that realistic, or, or we, should we be thinking about the week of the 22nd rolling out this? I think if you're willing to give us some flexibility, to Craig's point, we can we can strive for the week of of May 15th to have some sort of educational, strategic plan, educational component ready to roll. Well, that's your timeline, not. I mean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In terms of the community. Many families have many, many obligations between May 2nd and May 26th. Every kid is going to have their final orchestra concert. Yeah. Every kid is going to have their field day at every junior high in town. Every, there are various graduations going on. KU graduation is, is the 14th, just so you know. Mm -hmm. K KU graduation. Free State? KU. Well, I don't care about KU. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of people that, that when they talk about graduation, they're talking about Lawrence High and they're talking about Free State. We looked this up recently. Yeah, what are we on similar Thank schedules. you. I'll be there. Don't schedule it. Um, and the 20, yeah, and then the 24th in the evening is like the housing ordinance thing at Rock Talk Park. So the week of the, and also that's going into Memorial Day weekend because then the 29th is Memorial Day. So I do wonder about scheduling anything meaningful the sure. week of the 22nd. Yeah. And we certainly can't bump it up to the week be, of the 15th. So then we'd be looking at the following first week of June. Yeah, would it be heretical to say you might want to punch into June to get clear of all the nice stuff? It would certainly give you more breathing space. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you're talking the week of June 5th? Um, I am out of the office through um, June 9th, returning on the 12th. <laughs> so the week of, like, 31st, 1st, the 31st or the 1st? I'm out of the office on the 1st through the 9th. Sorry. <laughs> There's no way we could put, I mean, with the graduation, high school graduations, you said with the 24th and 24th and 25th, yeah. Are we just talking about when the survey's starting? No, we're talking about when the actual public engagement will take place, yes. So there's going to be one public meeting, is that correct? Mm -hmm. So I think the optics of doing that on one of the high school graduation oh. nights yeah, is, no, is poor. I think we just wait till you get back. Right? Yeah, we just wait till the week of the 12th. <coughs> yeah. That's where we are. We yeah. the 12th. Mm -hmm. Great. Okay. So, um, does anyone have any evenings the week of June 12th through the 16th that are no-goes, can't do it? Obviously, Tuesday nights are not good for city commission. I'm out 13 through 16. I'm 13 through 16. I'm not available much in June at all, nor July. So okay. I take off on the 16th. 
So, yeah, so I'm gone the 16th on. Okay. You're otherwise good. I just, it, it might be really hard for us to all be there. Mm -hmm. So if like just a majority of us can be there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we can have staff supplement. Mm -hmm. We'll make sure all the tables are covered yep. for the throngs of people that are going to show up. You never know. Yeah. <laughs> 12, 13, 14. <laughs> that's the, the one week I have in June that's open for evenings. Yeah. Okay. 12 or 13th are my best bets. 12 or 13th. Okay. If we could leave a little flexibility there, if, if that's okay with the group, that will allow me to um, have some flexibility when it comes to booking this space. There's so. a Parks and Rec board meeting on the 12th. There's a Parks and Rec, okay. The city commission meeting on the 13th. Oh, because that's a Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is silly, but I think yeah. that we would have to look at the city's calendar. Mm -hmm. whatever because that doesn't that have all of our boards and commission meetings mm -hmm. so I know that I have a human relations commission in June I just don't know yeah. what date it is okay. can, we, can we look back at the week of May 22nd and see if that does conflict with high school graduation when do schools let out because you mentioned Sherry other things besides graduation that are happening well so what when do the schools let out I think it's Memorial Day. Oh, look on the USD calendar. I mean, they all, the, the middle schools let out different than the high schools. I think it's before that. I think this is like maybe a never-ending process. Mm -hmm. Is it possible that, that rule-wise, that there could be a, some kind of options presented so we don't have to sit here and work with like 15 different schedules in the city that's what it's what we generally do okay. <laughs> i mean i'll send out like i think i've had sandy send it to you all before your availability based on looking at the calendars that we have here the city's calendar and um, Lawrence High's graduation is the 23rd. 23rd, yeah. It's the 24th. Yeah. So we'll look at all of those things. But it, we're, and we're going to have to schedule it when the majority of you are available, but it probably will not be all of you. And we can do note-taking so you, those that are available, can facilitate. Um, but we're, we'll look at that week and send dates and get it scheduled, if that's fine. Thank you, Sherry. Yes, sure. appreciate that support. Thank you. Yeah. Of course. I need to know who will be our lead facilitator and who is going to present on your recommendations, or if you want to split that up. So, Annabelle. <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay. I'm happy to MC, but. <laughs> so you need two positions. You need a lead facilitator. Probably could be the same person, um, person who will present on this committee's recommendations, because they are your recommendations. But we'll build the PowerPoint. But we'll build the PowerPoint. We'll make it easy for you. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not a good public speaker, so I. Got a chair and a vice chair. <laughs> Anybody else wants this job? <laughs> no. I don't mind making presentations. Uh, 
but I'm worried about my availability. If yeah. we schedule it in June, I'm it, really tied up. Yeah, I was gonna okay. say I don't I don't mind like, if if, mm -hmm. if you want out of it, I don't mm -hmm. mind speaking to public. Mm -hmm. I'm, do I'm not I'm not chomping at the bit. Okay. But, but you have you have an out. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We could split it up. I'd be happy with that. Mm -hmm. Just take a piece of it. Okay. So then it's the facilitator yeah. and mm -hmm. what was the other you said? Uh, the person who will be presenting, okay. it sounds like, mm -hmm. maybe. So maybe yeah. Daniel and I can split that up. Do you, do you prefer one of those roles over, over the other? Or? Um, so it was the, say again, the lead facilitator and the... They're just kind of the person, and I, I mean, I can play that role too. They're the person who's there during group sense making to capture the takeaways from all the groups and kind of sort them and mm -hmm. keep that conversation flowing. Mm -hmm. And normally that's the person who presents. Normally it's there's a main presenter, and then that person sort of stays in that role. That's it doesn't have to be that way, but it you know that's how it's been done in the past. But we're innovative. <laughs> it's a talent budget. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But the presentation comes before. I mean, in terms of how we got here. Uh huh. And then there's the facilitator at the group sense making. That's what I would say. How mm -hmm. I was seeing that. Mm hmm. Do you, do you want to move forward with you fulfilling the presenter facilitator role? And then if, if you think about it later and you, yes. you don't want to do it, yes. you know that you have a... I have, I would, yes. Okay. Yes. I would like to think about that. Thank you. Okay. Um, I think I have what I need to move forward. Sherry, do you have what you need? Any clarifying questions? For that, I would only say on... I don't know, but on item three, if we want to just kind of talk about after that, once we get that scheduled, because we won't be meeting again, that we I could go ahead and then start sending out times to get the next time you'll meet. Like how soon after that will you want to meet mm -hmm. to then start final taking in that discussion and ha directing us to make changes or how, how we want to do that within a couple weeks of that meeting? Um, yes. I would think we want to want to do it while it's fresh. Yes. Okay. So then I'll just ask for June and July, sort of when we email you what you have available. But hopefully we'd, we would have two meetings in June then, one around the 12th or at least the end of June, early July, for you all shortly after to meet to discuss it. Same three hours like we do or, you know, meet at five and we'll get that scheduled. Sound good? Does that work? Anybody okay. need anything else? You and I can coordinate on the structure of the agenda and also the presentation and mm -hmm. things like that. We can coordinate separately. It is five minutes to eight. Shall we vote to adjourn? <laughs> I vote to adjourn. All right. Yeah. Second. Second. Everybody say aye. 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got the cats all herded together. Five minutes. So I think we all need to meet.